welcome. This is Unrelegated. Welcome to just another big dreaming. Nothing gonna stop us at Lay United Podcast. For the people. NGSU, baby. Yes. For the people. We're for the people. By two other people, plus one today. Plus one. We are joined by Felipe Cardenas. Welcome, sir. Happy to be here as always. Repeat customer along with us to Hudson FC. Yes, and first time spaghetti grilled cheese buyer. We, Very proud of you. Uh, I'm definitely participating in this podcast on a full stomach. <laughs> full stomach. Absolutely. That's, that's the way we like to treat all, everybody that comes on as a third podcaster. Yes. We well, last, will feed you first. Last time, uh, we all had the spaghetti uh, grilled cheese sandwiches, uh-huh. and you opted out. You were a little hesitant. You had a burger, which was great, you said. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe Fran, knowing we came, yeah. set up the special. He's off today. He had no idea what the chef yeah. uh, in the kitchen would put up today. It just so happened to be spaghetti, spaghetti grilled cheese sandwiches. sandwiches again. And yeah, so and you I had can't say no. You can't twice. say no. It was fate. No. There's no way, yeah. <laughs> if you denied it, it would never that, happen again. Yeah, not only that, but we were sitting in the booth and our waitress comes up to us and she goes, by the way, they're cooking, they're they're making the pasta fresh for you. Oh, yeah. For yeah. the sandwich. Yeah. And I'm like, just like the fries, yeah. everything. Everything's cooked to order. It was great. Yes. So. It was great. Definitely um, like have to try it mm-hmm. at least once. Yes. I had the well Spanish fries, which are delicious. And uh, had a Mediterranean always. salad, which I didn't know existed, and I was very happy with it. So thank you, yeah. Hudson FC, yet again for yes. allowing us to hang out here at uh, our now headquarters, as yeah. we like to call it. Um, guys, we have a lot of news to cover. So before we recap, um, uh, let's talk about maybe uh, how your day was, Kelly, or the weekend. I mean, we had a lot going on. There was so much going on. First off, the RSL game. Right? The, we had the, we tailgate. Had the tailgate, which yeah. was awesome. I got to hang out with the Simpre United guys and also the Home Before Dark guys. So that was awesome. It's weird after that long between home matches to go to the tailgate again. Yes. It's like, I don't know. It, it felt weird. You'd think it, it'd be second nature at this point. No. But, it, but you, you're still in the Gulch, right? You're not yeah. in the backyard. No, not, not yet. yet. Not, okay. yet. Yeah. not yet. That, I think that turns over for next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you can buy the packages. Like People can buy packages yeah. there. But the supporters groups are not going to move until next next year. Yeah. So where we park, where um, where our good friend in Atlanta United Communications staff, Chris Winkler, puts us up for parking. We have to, I have to walk by the uh, the the backyard, the Home Depot backyard. Yeah. So now I see it. I saw it for the first time yeah. against Real Salt Lake. It's nice. It's very nice. It's very family friendly. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know. To it's going to be interesting how mind. they set this up where the supporters groups come there it as well. It won't be next year. Because we get rowdy. Yes. It's, uh, there'll be a lot of alcohol next and year. And also grass. Yeah, bad choice. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Faction has a, tra- nice. a trailer, like a Heineken trailer, the size of a bus. There are actual buses, school buses, LA United school buses that come yep, to there. That come out. I mean, that grass. I don't know what's going to happen. It's to not going to. Apparently, there's all sorts of infrastructure underneath, and it's got some kind of mesh wiring. All I don't know, but either way, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm not we trying to be negative. We wish them the best of luck. Yeah. They're we not don't ready. Know. They're not ready for the reggaeton and the uh-uh. flares. Oh my god! Not at all. Yeah. Not at know. all. Or the or the it's liquor ball crowd. that goes on. They're gonna on. have to create like a barrier. Yes. No. Yeah, it's going to uh, segregate so, it. Yeah, it's so gonna affect, the, they're not going to be able to sell any packages <laughs> after the first tailgate. No, because it would be all ruined. So, yeah, we had the, the wonderful. <laughs> or better. The, exactly. Exactly. We had the RSL uh, tailgate, which was awesome. And then I uh, actually played in a soccer tournament on Sunday, which um, if anybody that's actually talked to me about 
me recently playing soccer. I started playing soccer at Soccer in the Streets uh, maybe about a month ago, but I hadn't actually played soccer since I was like in middle school. So like this is all, I feel like learning again for the first time. It's kind of crazy because it's like you, you ride a bike, but you don't ride it for that amount of time. And you're like, wait, how does the bike work? How do I stand up and not fall over? That sort of thing. And so I, I played a soccer tournament this weekend. Uh, it was obviously for the soccer in the streets. It was the champion, the, sorry, the corporate cut, the corporate cup. I can't talk right now. The Corporate Cup, which was uh, had a bunch of companies that uh, basically raised money for soccer in the streets. I think Jessica, who was running it all, uh, Jessica, our good friend um, with soccer in the streets, said they raised over $60,000 in this Congrats. tournament. Um, and a huge shout out to Salesforce, who um, actually didn't end up winning the tournament, but they won the most money raised because they, uh, they raised about $15,000 plus uh, for soccer in the streets, which is absolutely insane yeah not yeah. bad for just going and kicking a ball around with a bunch of amateurs and then drinking for even three okay. times as much about time say, as you spend on the soccer I will field say, uh, <laughs> i mean come on what's the yeah what a great fundraiser absolutely um <laughs> as far as amateur goes i i don't i would i would the columbia national team currently came and played you said just, uh, yo they and did won the tournament oh they did so that was, that was great of them to make it a uh, friendly appearance yeah. the at this, the at this stage in the season for all of them must be very difficult at <laughs> <laughs> at was a cool group of people they were they were actually really nice but uh, a bunch of their their players are most of the players that we you know spoke with uh had colombian roots or are uh, was someone associated with colombians and i was like yeah we just got ran over by colombians <laughs> so it was a very interesting tournament i had a great time i'm sunburnt i am red as hell i mean i had people today asking me if i needed water because they thought i was about to pass out i'm that burnt you don't look that burnt, but I'm sure it feels that you could feel it. I'm sure oh, you're feeling feel it. it. I'm feeling it right um, now. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what burnt is for you. I don't know. I mean, this is that's burnt. That's not bad. When I get if I've been really burnt, I look like a lobster. So you, you do not look like that. I'm, so. I'm a medium burnt. My yeah. I, I, I burn first and then it turns into into, into a tan. Okay. Yeah. So See, mine I'll never turns. Right. I just peel. Um, I'm glad we're talking about this. This is very important. Uh, <laughs> Treat your skin with care, Thank people. Thank you. Yes. Wear some sunblock. Wear some sunblock. Tournament. Wear some sunscreen. No better. Check check your body for, for like, weird moles. Like James O'Connor down in Orlando, get like a beekeeper suit, and you know he's totally yeah. protected. I mean, I he never gets sunburned. I should have taken advice from him. I yeah. really should have. Um, well, I mean, after the tailgate, uh, I after the San Jose oh, game. Let's I, talk about after this. the San Jose game. Uh, there was a video that was shot. I uh, can't remember the gentleman uh, on the social media team, Ryan. Cantonese, he told me. It's like Matt something. Josh or somebody. I can't remember. Matt. But uh, Matt, yeah, what, Matt, Josh, same thing. Matt, Josh. Uh, recorded that, that great video after the game where he oh, just got so in wonderful. with the players as they were hugging. And it was like this silent video because obviously. There were know, a lot of cuss words that were probably or, happening. Well, you just don't know what's going to happen on the field. And he wants to pump it out right then there. Right. I mean, they shoot it out as soon as he records it. And so great bit of content. And I just. I tweeted out and said, wait, what will be a good soundtrack to this? And people are too slow. So I waited five minutes, guys, and nobody said anything. <laughs> I waited five minutes. I waited minutes. five minutes. So I went ahead I and, I, and I put some Starship to it, and it just blew up. <laughs> blew oh, up. it blew up. And, uh, and that was not only did it blow up, but it, like, well, made so national it coverage it blow got, up. It got me thinking, like, I... This would be fun to do, like, uh, some lip syncing to. I don't know why. I don't know what got into me. My wife went out for an errand, and I just was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like, you know, let's make some use of my time. So after I did some vacuuming. The wife's away. Yeah. I got my vacuuming done beforehand. So I did that chore first, and then I had plenty of time, to, free time, and I just oh, decided man. to do some lip syncing. And Casper joined in, and, you know, so I just started making these videos, and it just snowballed into 
making one after the RSL game that WrestleMania retweeted. Hey. It, yes, and I think George Bello. <laughs> and George Bello. Yeah, George Bello, yeah. And of I mean, course, yeah, yeah. Kevin Egan the, mentioned it. The yeah. king of the shout-outs, uh, Kevin Egan. Yes. Yeah. a good shout-out. I mean, he's yeah. very connected to yeah. what's happening in social media. Yeah, so and people, uh, no, people were asking if it was played in the stadium. That was just me doing some smart editing where it sounded like it was playing underneath Kevin talking about the song. But anyways, it's been a lot of fun, so we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show, but that was just Absolutely. a cool experience. And I hope people really enjoyed that. Hey, nothing's going to stop us now. Nothing's going to stop us. NGSU. Somebody try to say, well, no, it's officially the song title is uh, NGSUN because you have the now. And I said, well, now is really a useless qualifier. Yeah, I don't not, need that. Nothing's right. going to stop because, us. Because now. Means, now. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, yeah. No. There's a pause. There's, There's a pause. I said, yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's bigger than the song, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, let's dig into some news. Um, we'll start with some non-team news. Uh, yeah. Just a reminder, it is still MLS work, uh, Works Kick Childhood Cancer Month. Yes. Uh, if you tweet uh, a tweet with hashtag scarves up. Right. Uh, $5 donated uh, to pediatric cancer treatment and research by MLS Works. Just a Very tip simple. to anybody that wants to tweet this. Uh, tweeting it in repetition does not count. Yeah, uh, I have found that out. What do you mean? So if you made two tweets. No, I'm saying tweeting it in like scarves up, scarves up. Oh, you scarves mean putting up. thirty hashtags in one Correct. tweet? Okay, that's uh, a little different. Does not count. Yeah, no, just, you can't do just that. Just as a just as a professional note from yeah. me to you. Um, also, we took to, we talked a little bit about this uh, uh, over spaghetti grilled cheese sandwiches, uh, Felipe. But there's potential changes coming. Um, uh, you know, during the CBA negotiations, probably if they do happen, it would affect the 2020 MLS salary rules most likely. Um, that was tweeted out by uh, Sam Sheshkel. And then commented on Paul by Paul Tenario. Yes. Um, any 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 news? Have you heard anything about this? Do you know what's going on? I mean, I, Give I us haven't. Give all your information. I, I always, whenever it comes to when it comes down to talking about MLS compensation and salaries and structures and all that, yeah, those guys are the experts. Especially someone like Paul Tenorio. That's why he he covers the the complex stories for the Athletic. Uh, I know from what I've read, you know, on Twitter, his comments, and today he was on uh, SiriusXM talking with uh, Jason Davis. Uh, you know, Paul's been very adamant about this is not something that he thinks is a good idea. Um, right. I know the three of us were talking about how it's, it's, you know, time will tell if this goes through and what it means for the future yeah. of, the, for the, of the league. But and I will agree with Paul in saying that on the surface, it sounds like you're taking a step back after taking Absolutely. probably three or four steps forward in yeah. how you develop this And I'll league. just interject real quickly to give our listeners a baseline. So if you didn't see the tweet, um, Sam Seschel said that I've been told, quote-unquote, by multiple sources that MLS is discussing either eliminating the third designated player spot or putting a cap on how much the teams can spend on the third DP. Uh, if either change is put in place, MLS would almost certainly add more TAM. And he said to reiterate, if anything does happen with that third DP slot, there's going to be plenty of TAM injections um, to the point that spending would uh, be likely increase into that sort of area that would help lift up players in the middle. Right. But... Paul Snorri didn't like adding it. More he didn't no, like it. And Paul Snorri was like, uh, the guy I go to for roster and budget guideline guru yeah. stuff. You know? I mean, Tam, Tam yeah, there, there's a reason for Tam, and, and it's yeah. positive. And, but there's also uh, there's caveats. Like, the league has to approve it. Uh, it's not owners necessarily paying out of their own pockets, if I understand it correctly. And so th that's how DPs work. The designated player allows owners that want to spend money yeah. and, and, and have three you know, world-class players, or at least players, you know, international players in their prime, or a guy like Wayne Rooney, for instance. Right. Uh, they can do that. They'll play with their own money. Now you're actually telling owners to, okay, you, 
I think Paul used this great analogy. Like, how are they going to talk to Arthur Blank when Atlanta United sells Miguel Almiron for you know twenty twenty five million dollars? Right. But then they say, well, not, but you can't replace him yeah, with another. Just sit DP. on the money. You already just have two. So yeah, like see what else you can do with that twenty five million. So. Uh, that's why I, I tend to side with the guy with the knowledge with Paul at Sonorio because I felt like the DPs have done great things for the league. Um, as far as the value goes, the style of play, the level of play, um, and obviously being in Atlanta, we're seeing like kind of the fruits of that labor. Of, well, you know of, what happened? Other, owner, owner. other owners were sitting there when we came in our, in our second season, leading up to our second season. They're like, did you see, you see what Arthur Blank just did? He literally just bought a boat with that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is getting out of control. Yeah. Out of control. This is not what it's meant for. Now, I mean, on the flip side, a guy like Julian Russell. It, it was what it was meant for, but other owners couldn't take, couldn't see it or didn't want to take the risk. Or didn't want to, to yeah. yeah. So it's not like it was all of a sudden a shock that they're like, oh, wait, you can do that with the money? They knew. Right. That nobody, nobody just wanted to do it, though. It's a yeah. problem. And so Tam, like I said, Tam isn't. It's good. Tam's great. You got a guy like Julian Gressel who's earning, you know, a bump, uh, you know, a big contract. That that's potentially where the money can come I mean, from. So it, it's going to be it's going to be necessary as you give those middle uh, sort of middle players. Uh, you want to give them bigger injections of money, uh, especially if you want to protect yourself from teams coming in and getting them. Absolutely. Uh, like with a Gressel, because the normal salary structure, like Paul Tenorio, starts off with is like. You know, in in his type of contract, it'd be crazy if he got more of a, than a bump to three hundred to three hundred fifty k. Even though he's probably worth seven hundred fifty k, and right. in over three years, Paul thinks he's worth like one point two, one point three million. Mm -hmm. But it's still to get unlocked to from that, you know, Julian, someone has to come and get him from outside MLS because even if right. he moves to another team, he's still locked into that same contract. Right. So, so the contracts go with him because it's an MLS contract. Right. And so one of the things that is so important with this TAM is that if they do actually want to start giving more TAM, they need to keep those DP slots. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, teams can buy down their DP player. As it is, we already have to worry about buying down DP players so we can get more. So if we want to buy down uh, Tito, which more, we, did. You know, we did, we did, we, right. so we could bring a Barco. Who's the next guy that we bring in that we can buy down so that we can pay more to uh, bring in another DP and then we can move around some money and right. have some more TAM? Well, I, I always wondered, like, why not do both? Like, why yeah. not both? Why and, not keep and, the third and DP and, and, I know. and and inject more TAM? And in, with TAM, then the league has a little bit more control over the roster. I mean, right. I, which I, they love which to do. If love I, <laughs> again, I'm not Like the a little kid, this is my stuffed yes. animal, not yours. Even though they don't have the staff and it's a backlog of, of yeah. trying to deal with this But I'm pretty stuff, sure, like, a team then has to, essentially has to apply for approval like hey i want to use tam for their american wrestle they're american players that have been denied yeah. that right that, exactly. and you see people like kyle aaron go mm -hmm. and leave yeah and, and just say screw your rules Bell, i'm Bell out of here i'm just gonna fly to turkey right. come and get me and zimmerman <laughs> for, from lafc he's, yeah. he's kind of in we, that like, we've had some fc dallas thing. players zimmerman's do that like i'm not yeah. gonna accept my contract because yeah. i'm looking right. for other things yeah, yeah. that's because so, they don't agree on the contract terms it's very complex yeah it's very complex and it has to still has to shake out but uh, hopefully, it's it, the the league continues to take those, even if they're baby steps, take those baby steps yeah. forward. And not if anything, forward. like you said, the DP slots were the most simple thing that was created to give right. owners an opportunity to have to. They don't have to go through all that process. They can go do what they want, fly a jet down to South America, pick up a player, come back, mm -hmm. and don't have to worry about you know MLS getting in their hands in it. Right. And so yeah, I mean, it's just a. I hope I hope that doesn't happen. I would be surprised if that happens. It's a big step towards back. Uh, as and I'm just going off of what Paul's saying. Yeah. As I tweeted when this came out, when everybody was jumping up with opinions, I was like, 
I know added nothing. Paul. You added Paul. You I, were just like, at Paul Tenorio. I was like, <laughs> I know nothing until I hear like a Paul come yeah. out and say what his opinion is. It. I mean, of course, I was like, this sounds not good, but sometimes with these rules, it could sound not good, but there could be other things that are better. I don't know. So I was just like, I don't know. And then when Paul came out and explained it, I was like, okay. So your, your gut feeling was right. I think yes. most people, their gut feeling was like, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. No. And, that's, then, that's and Paul was like, yes, you're right. It's not good. <laughs> that's no. the summation that was, of it. That was most people's and gut it, feeling it's to that. Not, the timing is, is, is strange where you know the, the league leader uh, Atlanta United is, is doing exactly. so much with three you know, three DPs. Three, they're they're yeah. three original DPs. Where yeah. we're, you know, they've made this team, you know, who they are. They're, they're yeah. the identity of the team. Correct. Um, and so that that the timing is awkward too. There, because you're like, whoa, like, you know, why now? And yeah. And, and what if they would have come up with this rule like in 2017? Would Atlanta United be who Year they are 2022? Exactly. Arthur Blank starts a competing league. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't put um, it past him. So Kelly, no, what was going on in LA? So LA has been sort of. Uh, well, they beat they beat uh, Seattle. They did. They, beat, they broke their streak. Right. Uh, they, they won like ten games straight or eleven. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. They beat, they, they beat the streak, oh which I'm I'm absolutely all for. They're just climbing into that absolutely playoff spot for. all of a sudden. Um, I've actually nowhere, been talking with a bunch of LA Galaxy people, and and as mind you, uh, Ziggy Schmidt was something that they all agreed that was probably a good idea that he left. But one of the other things. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe, but yeah, okay. I mean, some people maybe, but. I mean, people that I've talked to are like, I'm okay with that. But at the same point in time, they're talking about how their front office needs to have a different structure and right. the way that they look at the, the team. That oh, the so they wanted everybody out is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, they wanted, they wanted the purge. Yeah. Yes, the purge. Exactly. Like if you're going to fire him, fire everybody. Which yeah. is very interesting because the, the news that's coming out of LA this week is basically that Jurgen Klinsmann was sitting down with Chris Klein. Oh, I mean, he was literally seen in the box. He was, he's seat. in the box with, with Jurgen Klinsmann, obviously. Um, who, and Chris Klein is the GM of LA, the LA galaxy, which, um, you know, yeah. Which this this honestly thrilled Twitter. He's on a timeline. guy like Chris Klein, exactly. He's only yeah. he, he needs to make a big move. Exactly. I mean, it's it's huge. It's because it's, yeah. it's Jurgen Klinsmann, but um, and I and I, I will I will add myself to I was a little bit giddy when I first saw the tweet. Oh, Twitter! Like, oh my gosh! Twitter like, yeah. was imagine? like, oh please, yes. please let this happen. Yes. Please give me slots. Yeah. So, and so yeah. together. Uh, the the corner of the galaxy, which is actually one of the people that I also follow. I love those guys, but it's at Galaxy Podcast. They said Jurgen Klinsmann has been spotted uh, sitting next to LA, LA Galaxy president Chris Klein. Um, this was tweeted, obviously, like. During the game. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, and LAG Confidential had a picture of them. So yeah, yeah. So they're, they're sneaky. They were also told, LAG Confidential was told that isn't the first time that Klinsman and Klein have been seen together. Does Klinsman live in California, though? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I he mean, does. he's still hooked Southern into that California. whole scene. Absolutely. Um, and then we and had he's had such the, a player. Then we had like, the, 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 he, wants to be, he likes to be seen. Oh, yeah. 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 We had have the good old buzzkill after that, which is Jeff Carlisle, who uh, basically said, while this is no doubt to be a disappointment to many for the immense drama of it and nothing else. Uh, I'm told by the LA Galaxy source that Jurgen Klinsmann isn't a candidate for either GM or head coaching positions. Right. So it was a tease, everyone. Joke's on you. No, Chris Klein was just actually asking Klinsmann if he knew anybody to get him a job because <laughs> he's about to get fired. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. But I mean, think about it. Klinsmann essentially just railed on MLS when yeah, he, he was did. The, the, the U.S. national team coach. Uh, you know, he really went, essentially went after players publicly that left Europe and came to MLS. Uh, and he, I think he was in a very, you know, an infamous spat with Garber as well about like the status and the level of play in MLS. So it would seem like 
pretty hypocritical on his part if all of a sudden he sees an open job in LA and he's like, okay, I'll take it. He seems like a hypocrite to me, though. (laughs) I think he's fine with it. (laughs) Uh, I don't think he cares where the money goes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, the money is just like anybody anybody that will bend like U.S. men, like uh, uh, like Gulati did. We'll just bend to whatever he wants. If he yeah. finds LA Galaxy and they just say, oh, come in and we'll give you whatever you want to fix it and do whatever. I mean, he, sure, I, I don't think he'd mind coming right. in there as and long yeah. as they gave him everything he wanted. And yeah. Klinsman, he's essentially become a Southern California guy. Like, it would yeah, be great has. for him. But I, I think he has, he has to. Now, he could probably he get ha- their academy sorted out maybe well, a little but bit. But I think Jurgen, he's still going to be a candidate for other national team jobs. Yeah, and he he's, absolutely That's is. what he wants. Yeah. yeah. That's what he wants. Next, the next Egypt national coach. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they seem to just rotate through there. Uh, so in U.S. other U.S. men's national team news, in the Dallas news, an article came out reporting that, uh, quote-unquote, sources say, uh, say FC Dallas's Oscar Pereja is in the running to lead U.S. men's national soccer team. This after we've heard nothing, and, uh, you know, Ernie has said, oh, I haven't talked to anybody, and all of a sudden this pops out. It looked like a piece where maybe it was an interview with Pereja, and he was, like, mostly it was just quotes of him puffing himself up. To me, this is my opinion, that when I read it, you know, number one, let's tell our listeners if you don't know, Pereja, you know, is a coach for FC Dallas. He is basically the chief of FC Dallas's player development academies from 2008 to 2011. He's been there forever. Which uh, honestly he, is a which great da- FC Dallas is it's a, a big plug-in yeah. and has for years into the artery system of U.S. soccer. Um, right. The FC Dallas Academy has been you know, plugged in big time. And then um, he also won you know, Coach of the Year in 2016, so he knows American players well, and that's... And he's experienced in that youth development. So, you know, he was big in bringing in um, uh, FC Dallas midfielder uh, Kellen Costa uh, into into the fray and who's now with Colorado and doing better. Glad to see it. But Perea spent a lot of the interview pitching his knowledge of MLS, like saying right. this, which is, I mean, you got to double down on what you, you're good at, right? He's been there forever. So he's saying my ability you, and basically downplaying foreign coaches and saying you have to know MLS, you have to know the players. Uh, in order to manage the U.S. men's national team. And he said, quote, unquote, we make a lot of mistakes trying to emulate other styles. This sounds so familiar. Mm-hmm. Or bringing in coaches from countries who don't know us. And he's just parroting exactly what Ernie basically talked about they were looking for. Uh, people who don't have the handle on the league. So who have repeatedly said that the league is bad. And then they bring them in, coaches who don't know the American players, and that's when the mistakes are made. I don't know who all these coach, foreign coaches he's already talking about. But this is... This it's is a hypothetical, This, this is him it's pitching himself, right? Of course. I mean... I have a little. I speak I, English. I, I, have, I, I have some stake <laughs> here. Apparently, that's important. <laughs> yeah, I, I was obviously happy for Pareja. Pareja, for, so you guys, so the listeners know. And I'm not um, judging good or bad. No, I know. But he's a first. When he was a player, he was he. I looked up to the guy. He, so he played in the '90s um, in Colombia, and he was always like behind Carlos Valderrama. So he he wasn't. He was very well known in Colombia for being a very good number eight in the Colombian league. But he could never, you know, surpass a guy like Valderrama. Could break through, yeah. Right. So he couldn't, you know, he he played. He had some caps, and he was he was getting those caps, but he wasn't nearly as influential as a guy like Valderrama. He comes to the states, uh, plays in MLS, has a long career in MLS. Um, he's a naturalized citizen now, and and I think when I read the article, now I read the Spanish version of the article on purpose to and be translations like, are very yeah. different. Yeah. 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 Some things get lost in translation, so I was like, I'm going to read the Spanish article, see like, just get a sense of. You know where is where is he coming from? So yeah, I agree with you. Like he was essentially pitching himself, but I think the reason why is because I tweeted this. Like I think there is a very there is passion behind what he wants to do. Like I think he since the moment he arrived in the U.S. and essentially started playing with 
guys like Brian Dunseth, like young American Do you think players. if he's in Tab Ramos' job last year that we lose Jonathan Gonzalez to Mexico? I mean, is he that kind of no. guy that is so, with players that reaches out? Because that's what so, yeah. I feel so like we're missing. I mean, I you think know. that's the, the uniqueness of a guy like Oscar Pereira. I still think Greg Berhalter is, is a front runner. Right. But a guy yes. like Oscar Pareja, he can connect with. He's he's essentially an international coach. Correct. Okay? He came. He's coming. He grew up in Colombia. He right. He he has a staff built from different federations. I think he, you know he has a guy on his staff that was a member of the Venezuelan national team. Another guy. They're all Latino, but they're very connected with the Latino community internationally and here stateside. Correct. So they, I think they know the the different types of cultures that are necessary that need to come together for this country to have a true identity. That's what I got from that piece. That, that's something that's important. Why do you think him, this so. comes out where, you know, uh, Burhalter, for example, is heads down. You would think as an MLS coach, there's playoffs coming up and that sort of stuff. Uh, why, why do you think we're hearing from Perea right now? I mean, well, was it just an interview set up or I, I, well, because of, you know, I, honestly, I still think that Greg Berhalter is your front runner. I think, yeah. I think that's who we're trying Stewart. to get himself in the spotlight. I mean, hey, honestly, though, if you, if you think <laughs> well, about I mean, it, you have to look at that. Like you have the opportunity to sort of, of pop yourself up. Yeah. Make yeah. A bigger, Cause unless Ernie reached out to people point. the last week, he said he hadn't even, yeah. and you Ernie know. Stewart and, uh, and Oscar Pareja, they're the same generation. They played yeah. at the same time. I'm sure they're very familiar with each other. And I'm sure it was a part of the process. Reach out to a couple of candidates. Yeah. And and for and you know, Oscar could have just denied the interview or you know, right. not not interviewed with Aldia and not said what was said, but he's I didn't see it as like this Well with, I really with the state of you I think this wouldn't have happened without the World Cup happening. This right. is not typical. But we're in a different time now. After the, the World Cup qualifiers and that failure is that there are certain people that this is now the time to step up and have at least your, even if it's just a news article, have your voice heard and your opinions right. put in there about how you think the direction of U.S. soccer should go. Absolutely. Because now is not the time to sit on your hands but about it, especially if you think you're going to be someone that may be uh, being looked at, right. you know, to, to be in a leadership role. And right. to Kelly's point, like his connection to academy level Correct. soccer in the U.S. is very important. That's why he can have a quote that he basically said the American soccer player plays like this. Yeah. Right. They do not want to, to spend, have 25 touches in their own half and then advance. Correct. They want to play vertically. They want to run. They want to, so he knows this. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between going and getting like Gus Hiddink, who's out of a job, right. but has this tr- tremendous pedigree who's just going to come in here and be like, okay, this, this is, is how I'm going to do things. This is, yeah. Yeah, this is the way I, I think, do. but I think he must not be talking about, because I think if you look at CONCACAF as a whole, I think there are, you know, there could be coaches from the Conca- I understand CONCACAF region that could coach U.S. soccer. It almost mm-hmm. sounds. I just sometimes it feels like a tired argument. Like foreign coaches coming. I know he's. You have to. You have a small sound bites in the interview, but to me, Agreed. you know, you look at someone like Tata, who came at MLS, just fine. You know, sure. and and maybe it, yeah, it's a different dynamic with U.S. men's national team. You're not bringing in DPs from South America and all this stuff. But exactly. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. I also think that you know that's not the whole story. Sure. Me. That, right. sure. That's a little two-dimensional. But moving on, uh, what's in the Atlanta United 2 uh, and Atlanta United Academy news? Anything? Oh, so much. Okay, so ATL UTD, <laughs> they, they lost. Uh, I mean, it, it happened. It, it happens often. Yeah, the twos the lost 6-1, right? Uh, 6-1 in North Carolina FC, um, which was, 
I mean, I, when you're watching the game, it's clearly a result of, you know, possibly missing Bello from the lineup, which is... <laughs> that was my that was my crack. I was like, see what happens? I was like, see how good he was? Like, you take him out of the lineup Bello and you good. lose... Bello you, was good for us, and he was also very good for two. And Jose Hernandez. And Jose. He's, and Jose. Both of them. And Jose. See? Um, I mean, not only that, but, like, you also have uh, Yosef, who is still injured right now. So you've got that going on. Oh, Yosef still. Samuel. Oh, I yeah, didn't know he's that. Still injured. Yeah. Um, um. So you. I mean, there's nothing to gather from it all. Pretty basically, uh, it was bad. all the all the remaining matches though that they play are at home. So there's that. Uh, yeah. If yeah. this is how the rest of the home matches are gonna go, it's just. Hey. It's not good. I understand player development, but six one yeah. guys. That's not good enough. But I, yeah. you know what? Look, it's the it's the first year that we've had this team. I don't care. We have the talent we, in that board. We, we not do. lose six one in North Carolina FC, who we beat. Earlier this season. <laughs> I understand we have a lot of rotation in Academy Kids, but come on. That's not good. We could do better than that. You gotta and they said that. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we are obviously not on the coaching team. Jay, I don't know if you know this. We, we're not on the coaching team. Uh, I'm just saying what the players say. When the players came out in quotes, they said, this is terrible. This is not good enough. This is well, not. Well, then, yes, yeah. I agree with them. But, I mean, at the same point in time, it's development. So okay. I, I wouldn't take it too hard. Jason Longshore. Elaine okay. and I had team news. Uh, <laughs> Elaine and I had clinched a first round bye week uh, with the win against RSL and a tie, uh, NYCFC tied Montreal. Uh, and as a top seed, we get to play away on the first uh, round of the two-leg yes, playoff on uh, November 4th. And then on another Sunday the following week, we play at home. Yes. And it looks at this race is going to be like NYC, NYCFC at this point. I mean, and then, uh, if nothing changes, I mean, that's unless Columbus really creeps up and the NYCFC drop off. Yep. That might change the order of who we face, but it looks right. like either maybe Columbus or NYCFC is we could end up with depending Aye. on how the knockout rounds go. Either one is not Can you imagine good. facing Columbus again? That'd be a cool rematch. I actually look forward to that. I'd be like, yeah, Do redemption. You? Do you? Redemption. I know they're a playoff team. They're built Do for the you? playoffs. Burr Halter builds his team for the playoffs, but come on. Do we you, could though? take them. It would be a great matchup, <laughs> especially with Atlanta starting on the road, which know. is very significant. In 2018, they now officially own the MLS record for Away wins. Away, correct. So starting away is would be is good. actually you know, an like, advantage. I think. Not, it, yeah. I mean, today looking at it today it could be an advantage, even yeah. if you don't know who they're going to play. But correct. Uh, well, if you look at it though, if we look at who we're going to play, we beat Columbus on the road, correct. and then we also tied NYCFC in their small yeah, field. Yeah, they, they and even like a guy like Jeff Lenerts has said several times, it's it's. It's hard to play at Yankee yes. Stadium. It's oh, hard 100%. to play soccer there. I think Torres doing a lot of t uh, tinkering, maybe a little too early with the team. Yeah. Uh, it's tough coming in that late in the season. And he's no Chris Armas. He has, wasn't the assistant coach. It's a totally different right. system and stuff. Very it's much. a tough place for them to be in. So I just don't see – I think NYCFC is probably the weakest playoff team uh, coming into this um, on, the, strong, East, on yeah, the Eastern Conference. Anyway. Are we talking about the weakest, Patrick, the weakest yeah. team in the top three? Are we talking about the weakest team in, in, in the, the top, top six. six? Really? You think mm -hmm. so? Uh, yeah. I think so. I think okay. with watching the teams that are fighting up, if Philly comes up hot, I think they could be a difficult playoff team. Um, I don't, you know, um, this is going to be like last year where we faced it a is. Chicago Fire, you know, garbage. They, or Chicago Fire fell out, or fell apart. And, you a know. team like in, NYCFC is that, like, yeah, they're, they are trending down. And, and to your point, like. But they also have the possibility to very much completely turn the table on you. Oh, and if, if they see sure, they the, have the, the, the team across from them is Atlanta United, they will play up yeah. to the competition. That's what every no team doubt. has done against us. So yeah. it's like... Sure. I mean, I'm sure we'll meet every team at its best, uh, but I, I just think if i got to pick one, that's the team I'd... Yeah. I, I mean, I would, especially in a two-leg, I think would be okay. Personally, of course, from, from just a, a pure... Not a like, knockout. I wouldn't want to face me Yankee Stadium and knockout. No. But like, <laughs> no, if you no, just no. want to see like high-level... 
you know, essentially, you know, the best soccer game. of Major League and Soccer. Columbus, right. Then Columbus you want Columbus game. against yeah. Atlanta United. Yeah, yeah you do. Sure. You want that repeat. I get that. So um, this week we had some, actually it was like, what was it, yesterday? Or was it today? I don't remember. Today's Monday. Then when it was announced, it was probably today. Uh, my days are so com- kerfuddled right now because of everything. So Doug Robertson from the ADC basically reported that Atlanta United has hired, oh, it's today, definitely today, uh, has hired somebody within the Falcons. Uh, to take over the position and the role previously undertaken by Paul McDonough. Um, and he said it in, in quote, the team has hired Chase Valavini. Fa- Valavini. That's what it looks like. Um, as director of player administration to handle player contracts and the MLS salary structure. Um, they also say he joins Atlanta United, Atlanta United after 11 seasons working with the Falcons, where he was most recently manager of football administration, a job in which he was responsible for player contracts and salary cap re- research. Real sexy analysis. job title. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we were all confused about the MLS, MLS compensation, so yeah. it probably makes sense to hire a guy that is Knows good with his numbers. Stuff. Yeah, for right. sure. That just lives in those uh, That can things. research salary caps yeah. and restrictions. That is good he with Excel. He doesn't care soccer. Good He's, with Excel. He can, yeah, he can. He can read massive Word documents or whatever they put it in in MLS. Um, knowing MLS, they probably put them in PDFs and but you have to but ask them if you said, want an editable copy. <laughs> but that being said, when we talk about Paul McDonough, he was more than just that, right? So right. for most of the people that we've, what we've seen on Twitter and, and discussion, it feels like they're splitting Paul's job into two pieces right now. So basically somebody that can work with salary caps and, and, and research and all that stuff on on pay rates and things like that. And then we also need to find what, a bulldog? Right. Yeah, I mean we need to find a a, a glad hander, a, a someone that can is a mover and shaker that, that clubs hopefully were comfortable with or know in that agency world, those back that channel words, whether and, and the way they're talking uh, about, you know, the way that Dar- Darren Eels talked about in the article is, you know, they're looking at world football. Then that tells me that they may be looking outside MLS for somebody to fill in that extra that extra part that has some connections and, and uh, gravitas yes. is what I would like to say. Um, you want somebody to walk into a room and basically. I think Darren and it. Carlos know MLS now. I mean, yeah. I, I, Tata knows MLS now. They've do- gone through this stuff. I think that, you know, I'd rather have somebody that's a power broker, you know, in right. world football. And sure, it'd be nice to have someone that knows MLS, but yeah. you can learn that. MLS is complicated, and I think a lot of people felt that um, that would be, there would be a learning curve for Tata Martino, but... I think that's what threw people through a loop, too. They were like, Falcons? Like, you know, yeah. where's the MLS but guy? Guess yeah. what else is really complicated? Going to South America... <laughs> Yes, and like dealing, dealing with, with agents, class, South know, America. Yeah, like you know the, these clubs. Owner, that, the owner of Independiente exactly. is uh, uh, what was his son? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't know who's who's talking to who. Right. Leaks. So these are you're talking about <laughs> clubs that are centuries old. You know yes. that have been doing business one way for a long time. That they don't want to lose their talent either. And if but if they are going to lose their talent, they're going to ask for a lot of money. So you need to know how to negotiate, know how to own a room, know how to go in and and those types to, of people can look through you. Yes, they can look yeah. through you and say, I could take advantage of this guy. And you know from what I, mean? what I know, the little <laughs> I know about Paul McDonough, and and I, uh, once again, I'll shout out to Paul Tenorio who, you know, shared some things with me about just Paul's personality, Paul McDonough's personality is that. He's a guy from Boston, you know. I'm not going to say he's a Southie, but he's, <laughs> you know, he has this attitude of like, he, he's from can, he can go. It's machismo he, a little bit. Exactly. He can walk into, you know, a, a boardroom or a small conference room or a restaurant in Buenos Aires 
and and handle a negotiation, even yeah. if he maybe he isn't completely fluent. And if Daniel is talking about wanting to get in the world stage, yeah. that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah. you so, know, so nobody this, cares that you know such and such over in it Cincinnati. Takes right? And <laughs> right. It takes somebody walking in a room be like, "This is what it is." Right, and, and then and, and can walk away. Guess from what it. the Barco transfer did? It, it, sh- it told. It essentially, was a huge. A huge message. Just it's like Atlanta United. Just let everybody know we have money. Yeah, and and we will pay. But for we talent. also yes. won't be pushed around either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because so, so, Atlanta did hold firm. Like the, I thought it was a fair transaction. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Everybody absolutely. left happy. But, but it set a precedence as well. So now, next time they go to Brazil or they go to yeah. Colombia or they go to Argentina and they, they got to hold the precedence. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a there's already been a transfer. There's already been a record breaking transfer in MLS. They need someone that can that knows that and can essentially manage those situations. So it, I agree with you, Jay. Like it's great that this hire was made because dealing with contracts, MLS compensation, we got to get ahead of that now. Yeah, we do. You need Before to the have someone that, yeah. that, and again, something that has been working with within the organization that helps. Especially if they're going to F with, with we got We got a couple months until we might actually make big moves again where we can still wait to get that other guy. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. But now the contract stuff, you got to get that stuff started. Yeah. Thinking about that now. And the, and the now. rules changes that are, may come into play that they were t- that were introduced last year in the CBA, and they're going to come into play this year. So, yeah, right. a lot of cool stuff. So injury update. Do we have any injury updates? You, I mean, you, you told me Yosef Samuel still injured. So Yosef Samuel is still a little bit uh, injured. He's still working on that. I mean, uh, last time I've talked to him, they're they're trying to to work out the injury. Um, everyone for the first team though is healthy except for Garza, who is still in recovery back. He is uh, hasn't made training back with the team yet, but he is getting closer. He said October, so yeah, they're, he's getting closer every day. And then Ambrose and Zizo are still um, out for the season. Yeah. 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 Which sort of sucks, but, you know, um, here's what it is. Guys, there's goal of the week up. This one's going to be interesting. The, yeah, the MLS narrative conspiracies are up saying MLS is here to split the vote so that uh, an Atlanta United player won't win. I don't think that's going to happen this They're time. They're splitting the vote between two Atlanta United players. Those so two goals like were too good. But, yeah, right. we got Gressel and Tito up. And Tito. Both with similar volleys. Similar. Yes, one kind of outside the foot. One Tito's is kind of a different angle on the yeah, Tito's goal is is gorgeous. cannot be underestimated. But I mean, that, that was, was a left a left footed. It like, didn't even bounce. It didn't bounce, didn't which is bounce. the difference. Gressel's bounce really first. had to like yeah. like shift his body and like it was, was kind of like realize. a side volley. Like, yeah. it was yeah. tough. You also have to realize what Tito's goal meant to us in that sure. game, right? So Gressel's obviously was an opening goal goal scorer for the RSL match, but against San Jose, when you're playing and you already your team feels defeated, we were and you drowning come up before and you he take scored that goal. That's sort of huge rocket from the outside of the box <laughs> from from Tito. It's a typical Tito you moment goal, it. like you know. You take it. It's yeah. Just it's epic timing. Yes. I still voted for Gressel though because he bought my vote with his retweet of mine. Yeah, I'm sure he I did. love Gressel and, and I, will, I, I sent all the hugs I know who butters my bread. Gressel <laughs> is I voted, very sad. I voted for Vialba. We gotta even it out here. <laughs> so uh, get on there. Make your vote. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back guys and we'll start talking about we'll open up Mike County's treasure chest and talk stats because there's a whole chest. bunch to talk about here Arr! leading up to the playoffs. That was a pirate. That was a terrible pirate. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day Try to run, try to hide Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side, yeah We chased our pleasures here Dug our treasures there We can't stay or recall The time we cried Break 
What up? You guys. You guys. Do you like beer? Uh, yes. Well, I know Kelly likes beer. <laughs> Do you like breweries? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, duh, right? Right, if right. If you like beer, you have to like breweries. I mean, it's, they, they go together. <laughs> well, they go to- we have an awesome, awesome promotion for you guys. The, the sickest promotion, guys. We have the part- sickest. We have partnered with the Atlanta Beer Bus. Atlanta Beer Bus. Atlanta's only hop-on, hop-off brewery shuttle service. The only one. There is literally no other shuttle. I mean, there might be a, uh, a guy, like an Uber driver, that say he could drive you places. Yeah. But, uh, I don't gets know kind if of you want to get in that car. <laughs> gets kind of expensive. <laughs> it does. Could smell I mean, like cigarettes. You... you don't know. Yeah, yeah no, but when you when you really consider it, you're, you're, you're riding between seven breweries, one cidery, a distillery, and even a Marta station. For only fifteen dollars, if you try to do that with an Uber or a Lyft, I mean, you're paying almost a hundred dollars. Yeah, for the and day. it's not advisable to try and do it yourself because if you are by yourself, that means you're drinking. Yeah, you don't want to be drinking and driving. If you're no. with a friend, you don't want to put that friend in the spot. Yeah, don't draw, do that. You don't want to draw straws and figure out. Okay, well now who only gets to to not drink at the rest of the breweries? Obviously, Doug. Right. Doug, Doug has to. J- Doug's always. Yeah, DD. Doug and and Ben. Screw that Ben, ben guy. God, yeah, but guys. uh, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Avoid the expensive uh, uh Uber and Lyft rides. Avoid yeah. you know. Driving having, or and, having to find the places on a map with or like ways. Yeah, and you know, take all the work out of it. That. Take all the work out of it. You could basically sit in the bus and just tweet the entire time. Yeah, get on the bus or post selfies. Like Kelly said, yeah, they go to seven breweries, seven one breweries. cidery and a distillery, and even a Marta station for only fifteen dollars a day. Guys. Not only that, but you also get to hang out on the bus with the beer nerds. Like they have guys on the bus telling you. All you want to know about every brewery you're about to go to, the beers that they're serving, and even new things that we've got coming out. I mean, who doesn't want to know that? Sit back, relax, enjoy whatever music the driver puts on. Maybe you'll learn some new songs. Yeah. Okay? Get to know a beer nerd. Despacito. Get all the knowledge ahead of time before you get to the brewery so you don't have to worry about it. You can just, just get off the drinking. bus. Start drinking. That's what this whole thing You don't have for. to get off the bus like some of these other tours and have to deal with some guy giving you the tour and the rundown. You already know. You just get the highlights. You get to know what's new. Maybe you've been to some of these breweries before. Yeah. You could just... It's Don't like worry a, about it's it. It's like a fast pass. Absolutely. For like, for like all those amusement parks. So why is this a big deal? Why is this a big deal, guys? Because unrelegated listeners like you yeah. get $5 off daily $5 passes. $5 off. Dude, with, that's yeah. That's one third the price. That's a third of the price. And all you have to do is use our promo code UNREL. That's U-N-R-E-L. UNREL. You got it. UNREL. I mean, yes. it's easy to spell. And yeah. it rhymes. Yeah, and it rhymes. <laughs> and the offer is good for Fridays or Sundays only. And there's, you know, a limit. One per person. That's, I mean, that's standard. I mean, guys, it's only fifteen dollars a piece, yeah. so you're taking five dollars off of that. You yeah. know, sure, you can't you, you can't go on a on a Friday and then use it on that same Sunday. Yeah, but that's you can't cool. Combine it with other offers, but that's typical. You should be getting all the yeah. breweries in on that one day, anyways. Yeah, so it shouldn't matter. So you're pound it for one day, <laughs> straight pounding. So let's recap it. <laughs> No Uber, no Lyft rides. It's only fifteen dollars per day. Beer but, nerds. But if you use the code Unrel, yeah, it's only ten bucks. Only ten dollars, guys. That's insane. So that is insane. Go to the website, pick a Friday or a Sunday, use the code, get your discount. Yeah, it's Atlanta Beer Bus, guys. ATL Beer Bus. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at ATL Beer Bus, and you can find it at AtlantaBeerBus.com for more information, guys. Atlanta Beer Bus. Create your own beer adventure. What are you waiting for? Go do it. You make me dizzy running circles in my head. One of these days I'll chase you down. Look who's going crazy now I'm face to face my friend. Better get out. Better get out. You know you make me break out. 
we're back. And we're back, and I'm still not better at making parrot noises. <laughs> <laughs> Open up the treasure chest, Kelly. What do we have? What does Mike Conti have for us? A sellout crowd. So a sellout crowd at the RSL's match on Saturday, by the way, pushes Atlanta United season home entrance. Uh, entrance. Wow. Attendance to... S- Oh, shit. That phone looks about the same size as your phone that you complain about you can't read. I don't know how you're reading it. it. You need to make it bigger. I I should. (laughs) Guys, I'm reading this actually for the first time, so bear with me. But holy holy bejesus. 784,000 is our home attendance? Are you kidding me? Well, actually, if you include the U.S. Open Cut and the MLS All-Star Game, as he said, that will be 897,000 people to see a soccer match at MBS this year with at least three more Atlanta United games left. Ooh, uh, he's what? counting the playoff game, by the way, as a third game. <laughs> Holy so, crap, yeah. guys. Some other fun stats. Gressel and Miggy are tied for second uh, in MLS with 14 assists, tied with uh, two other people as well. Yeah, and with fourth game, four games left, uh, what records Atlanta United can still chase? Let's look at it. So basically, we look at the pontificates. Most points currently held by TFC from last what did you, year. What did you say? Pontificates? Pontificates. Pont- <laughs> pontificate? We're going to pontificate. You put an S in the end. I, I just love it when you butcher words. It's my favorite. It's pontificates. Our listeners love it. So, <laughs> anyway, TFC put up last year 69 points, right? So, in order for us to nice. beat it, Atlanta. Listen. That's what you do every time. Yes. It's Don't you ever look at Twitter when someone has 69 in their tweet? All the replies say nice. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm ignoring this. Well, you, you were so supposed many- to. I just said nice, and you totally turned around. Anyway, to beat the 69. Nice. I'm waiting on it. Thank you. <laughs> Points. They need at least two wins and a draw in the remaining games. So Toronto was at 69 points, obviously, in 2017. LA Galaxy was the next up with 68 points in 1998. And the LA Galaxy, again, uh, were following with 67 points in 2011. I love how we're just pegging down LA Galaxy's dynasty of of, yeah. of records. And they're yeah. just getting shoved we're out of the top three them. and the top five of everything now. It's like totally... Just indicative of this new generation of soccer going like on. Like I said, yeah, like is, LA Galaxy fans have said, yeah. something needs to change. Oh, things are changing, especially yeah. in LA. I mean, they, now they're having to compete with another team. So but they have history, like LAFC, Felipe. Correct. They yeah. have history. Since it's 96, impo- right? Isn't that the it's, it's important. History is a great thing <laughs> until you, history keeps you losing, and then you have to change history. <laughs> so, uh, well, Ziggy was the, was, you know, the. Uh, Synthesis of history, bringing him back, and, and they still couldn't get it to work out. Nope. Uh, if we to look at most points per game, only four teams in MLS history have registered two points per game, with Toronto becoming the fourth in 2017. This is actually a big marker. This benchmark, sort of everything floats around this, if you think about it. So Toronto became the fourth uh, to get that uh, status in 2017, finishing with 2.03 points per game. Uh, we need, or Atlanta United needs, 0.04 points more okay over the course Correct. of the, the the season so to uh, state we're average at, we're right now Atlanta is at, Atlanta's at 2.10 right so mm-hmm. the, uh, the what we need to beat is 2.13 mm-hmm. right LA Galaxy in 1998 uh, finished with 2.13 points per game and uh, if we just get 0.4 more average so just score a third goal <laughs> every couple games with every you know couple. don't let any in yeah. don't let any in uh, then we'll be fine uh, actually yeah. I, you know uh, yeah. Uh, well, really, actually, what we all we just need to do is win. Just win all the games, just like win Kelly all said. The games. That's what Which, really this is about. By the way, <laughs> if you look back at it, I only had one missed call so far. 
which was the first <laughs> match. That's just so that does like I mean to fall down on the first. Look, I'm telling you, DC game. is always weird for us. So okay. I'm just ignoring. Cop out. Else. Anyway, so <laughs> we're also looking at the most wins. So Atlanta only need one more win to tie the post shootout era record of 20 wins. So Atlanta right now has 19 wins. Which is already tying their own 2017 record. Which is crazy. That's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So uh, Seattle Sounders, uh, which is the top two are tied. So Seattle Sounders in 2014 had 20 wins. And Toronto FC in 2017, which was last year, also had 20 wins. The next three are LA Galaxy in 2011. We're already tied for third from last year. Right, exactly. We're already in the conversation. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes in 2012 with 19. And like we said, Atlanta United this year with 19 as well. If we look at the most wins in a post shootout era, Atlanta have officially shattered the away wins record, uh, which we talked about uh, (laughs) in the post shootout era with 10. That beats four other teams who set the bar at nine wins on the road. Uh, The closest to us was San Jose and the LA Galaxy, Seattle, and San Jose again all tied for second uh, from various years. Uh, uh, Doug Robertson tweeted out that Tito Viala has scored three consecutive games, which is first, which is crazy to me. I I put that stat because that seems strange to me that that, how is that possible that Tito has never scored three in a row at this point? I know he was injured part of this season, but last season I could have sworn he scored. Yeah, I could have sworn. But I guess not. It's, it felt like last season he always came up with a big goal. And yeah. there, were, there were a couple games where those goals were important, but apparently they weren't back-to-back. Yeah. You know, they weren't back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. To back to back. Uh, what, a, what a year for Tito, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he came into 2018. I think his expectations were very high because of what he did last year. And he was kind of like the DP that people didn't know a lot about. Um, he got he, bought down. He, he didn't have yeah. the little tag anymore right, above his head. Right, <laughs> and 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 you know, fans have said this, and 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 I I tend to agree. Like he isn't this like uber technical player. No, you know, he's like, not. When he gets on the ball, he's gonna roll it with, with the sole of his foot. He's gonna do these like nice moves. But he's just so effective. He's so yeah. savvy. He he has this thing. In, in South America, we, we call it Picardia, which is just like when they're on the field, they know how to I like love Pico de Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> similar, oh similar, but different. Uh, but it's like they just have it's it's essentially being streetwise. Mm. Okay. Like he's I think he's a very streetwise player and he knows how to just like score the big goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, good for him. Good year for Tito. He's got a lot of gusto. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And great hair. Great hair, great hair. Anytime he steps on the pitch, he's one of those players that, like, when you're going to a game, um, for instance, if I'm going to a Atlanta game, I'm not looking out to be like, oh, I'm wondering what Tito's going to do this game, but I'm always going and I always end up watching the game and being like, I am so still, every time, mesmerized by Tito. I can't help it. He just, he plays with a swagger that, that a lot of players I don't see uh, replicate in MLS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got this energy, this ball of energy. Yeah, not to mention if he gets a through ball and he takes off on you. Oh, yeah, his so diagonal it, runs are ridiculous. Yeah. So allow me to be. I'll just be the Debbie Downey here. Oh, those geez. records are great, right? They just they're shattering records, they're breaking records. They're, you know, they're essentially taking teams like LA Galaxy that are, you know, vintage MLS organizations, and Atlanta United is, you know, surpassing them as well. What happens? What happens to all those records if this team doesn't earn a trophy at the end of the season? Stop yeah. talking. Stop talking. Nobody stop talks talking. about them. Nobody <laughs> talks about them. It's true. I mean, these are fun them, right? things We're to talk about them. when they're about to happen yeah. and when they're happening. But this we'll, is we'll, if we don't win a trophy, it's just going to be another like, uh, oh, uh, Elaine and I was uh, third in uh, 
Yeah, this, is Wiki- we- oh. this is Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, we're building that Lonnie United Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page with these stats. If you listen to, and that's why I brought this up, because if you listen to the sound bites from the players lately, from like probably like the last month or so, it's it's so refreshing to hear teams, you know, players, professional players say, we want to win the Supporter Shield. We want to win MLS Cup. They're not, after they win a game, they're not saying, oh, on to the next one. It's just one game at a time. They are full of confidence, and they understand that the expect- expectations are extremely high for a club that's only two years old, but they've embraced it. So something to take But note they should of. be thinking about who has the most left-footed goals <laughs> in the history of MLS. <laughs> how, it's got to be Miggy, right? He's <laughs> no. probably close no to that. Way. I just no want to. I want to count uh, how many left-footed strikers have, or uh, or midfielders. Have, have I'm going to say Marco Echeverri probably has the yeah. most left-footed yeah. goals in MLS. These are the kind of stats we should dig into next time. Yeah. These just obscure ones. Yeah. Um, Mark Fishkin, who's the operator of Seeing Red New York, a um, uh, big uh, New York Red Bulls blog, and he's a podcast guy. He's a, kind of a favorite. He has these go-to stat tweets he does as well. And uh, one of them he put out. He says uh, when we go back and look at points per game since August 1st, right. Atlanta it has been at 2.29. So there's no reason to believe that we can't, Get you know, look at these matches us. ahead yeah. and and scoot above and, and achieve well over 69 points and, and get to that that bar because <laughs> uh, I just looked at this. because if you look at if you look at the other teams that right now are hot, it's 2.25 uh, points per game for SKC and Seattle and Seattle just dropped points, but two point not, probably unsustainable. 2.11 for Philly. That is right. insane. Philly Philadelphia is, Union has been averaging since August first yeah. right. more than two points per game, which is more than the New York Red Bulls. Right. right. Yeah, they've been and DC and LAFC. Yeah, crazy. The they're, the Philadelphia Union their their season. Completely did a 180 Switched. after. Did you jump on Bobby Warshaw's train when he did uh, four months ago? Or no, I don't think anybody on? did. I think yeah. he's on that. <laughs> well, he's a Philly guy. He has yeah. to stay, he has to stay <laughs> on there. But you know, after that debacle at Mercedes Benz, yeah. um, you know, they were essentially. I don't, don't want to say you know they were inconsistent. They were sure. yeah. inconsistent, and, and their season was. They started to look like 2017 yeah. Philly. Exactly. They, started like. they, they weren't you know who they are today yeah. is one of the hottest teams in MLS. So big, Did big you guys see that? And they play attractive manager. soccer when they get yeah. it right. I yeah. mean, they're one of those teams, yeah. kind of like Vancouver, where you're surprised. So Vancouver is kind of in a chaotic way, right. where all of a sudden something will just happen, and you're like, wait, they were doing nothing. But Philly is, they they're play some fluid, yeah. I think yeah. they're like fluid a soccer. Metho- yeah. They're, they're a team to watch player. for yeah. sure. Did you guys? I know that we're. Uh, I'm, I'm really quickly changing subjects. Did you see the hype video that they released today? So yeah, so Philadelphia Union. If you didn't see it uh, uh, as of this podcast, they released a, a video for the Open Cup. Um, I think they're getting a, a. I think teams are starting to get the hint from Atlanta United and what we're doing yes. with hip hop culture with two chains. And, and Philly and won an award. There's supposed to be a team won an award last year for their stuff, so they're right. good. Yeah, but this is new, and this, this is, is something. Very new. Yeah, this is something that uh, the Cooligans have been getting on MLS teams about not having the culture. You right. Know, it was, you know, basically saying without saying white bread. Right. You know, stuff you, when you're when the players. <laughs> Are black Latino, and you got you know people coming in there, different colors, and they're into rap music, and mm-hmm. so yeah, this is something where they plugged into a local rapper, right? Yeah, and it was who a local also rapper. came back from kidney failure. Yeah, uh, can't remember his name. What's his name? I, I can't remember right now. I thought either. you were plugged in. I, w- I am plugged in. I am very plugged in. <laughs> I rely I just, on you to know these things because I don't know. I'm sorry, Jay. I don't remember the name exactly at the moment, but it was a great hype video. They basically, it almost looked like a 2 chains promotion, but basically the, 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 the guy's sitting there and he's talking about Philly and he's talking about how everybody's doubting us and he's talking about how, 
you know, people look down on Philly as like not being one of the greatest teams, but they're going to come back in there and show everybody. Now they still don't have, uh, you know, Phil, Philly hip hop artists walking around in Philadelphia Union jerseys, but not yet, not yet. <laughs> maybe but, they'll get know, there. No, they'll oh, maybe yeah. get there. They'll maybe get there. But uh, another, I, I so I want to go back to the point, and I don't know if we wanted to continue with the stats here, but Bobby Warshaw. I don't know if this is a stat you want to get to because I feel like you've already... Okay. So, Bobby Warshaw... Don't look at my screen. Look at your screen. I, I'm looking at my screen. <laughs> Mind That's your own business. Asking. I'm sorry. I might be watching cat videos over here or something. So, you remember when there was that narrative that everybody had where we were talking about Atlanta United and then we were talking about the teams Define that everybody. Played, right? You mean Matt Doyle? <laughs> everybody, a.k.a. Matt Doyle. Um, where we were talking about how Atlanta United has beaten a lot of teams, but when it comes to teams that are in playoff position and that are that are in contention for playoffs we haven't necessarily done well against them well Bobby Warshaw tweeted out something today that basically said here is a list of all the teams and how many wins they have against opponents currently meaning right now uh in the MLS playoffs and Atlanta United is sitting right there right next to the Red Bulls with eight wins against playoff teams. Right. Mm. Which is obviously higher than LAFC, higher than the Galaxy, higher it's than also Dallas, funny schedu- higher than NYC. I also understand where Matt Doyle is coming from because at the time of the scheduling when he talked about it, yes, the, those numbers were different, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I also know that, you know, he wasn't not wrong, but it's just still fun also to just say, well, <laughs> there you go. You just need more patient. Apparently, I mean, <laughs> not that it means anything. I mean, you know, because we're not all playing the same playoff teams. No. And, and the, you know, there's it, a lot of movement right now. But it's relevant for Atlanta United's 2018 story. I mean, obviously they have improved since last season. This is a team yeah. that now has been playing. I mean, Britain now breaking news. They've been playing together for two years now. Okay, um, but there's a big. There's been a you know a spike in production for this team and for a lot of the players in year two. That's that's that should be that should happen. So the fact that they have eight wins against playoff teams makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's, again, it's just numbers, but it's just fun to look back because when we uh, get into it a little later about some of the myths that we're going to bust, uh, we threw out a tweet uh, earlier today and we'll kind of talk about those things that kind of falls into that realm of of myth busting um being one of them um from yoga benito underscore usa one of our favorite gift tweeters and he just follows he must have 27 televisions awesome which account. is amazing for a college awesome student account follow him which is amazing for a college student oh, slash soccer player uh i don't know you know how he finds like he's just insane he, he it's funny you like, spanish grammar is really good too by and, the way. and all of a sudden you like he'll be active 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 and then you know there's fine when there's finals because he'll go dark for like a month <laughs> So I, I can't wait to leave. Well, actually, I'm, I'm afraid he's going to graduate and get a job and not be able to give us all this right. good good stuff. Either way, uh, he, he tweeted that after week 30, only three teams still mathematically in contention for the 2019 CCL spot given to the U.S. based on team with the best aggregate record of 2017-2018. Kind of a unique thing going on right now that we've been following all yes. through the season on this yes. podcast. Atlanta United is in the lead with 118 total points um, and Red Bull New York uh, 109. Yep. Which is funny because it was NYCFC we were worried about for the CCL all this time. Right. In the last few weeks, as I predicted, they'd fall away. And now it's really going to come down to between. So basically, it's going to be an all or nothing grab bag. I mean, if basically, if we beat New York Red Bulls, I mean, it's pretty much going to guarantee us CCL and it's going to probably guarantee Dude. us a Sporter Shield. Oh, it's going to be a two for two for one. This and in the face of Red Bulls fans. It's a big game. I mean, even, if, even if they walk away with a tie at Line United, they, they sh- they'll be okay. So. Yeah, um, that helps them as far as like how they approach the game. But yeah, it's a huge game. It's yeah, a huge game. It always was going to be a big game, and 
you know, when it comes down to they're like fractions of a point and, and differences like that, then it's you know be it's going to nail biter, yeah. man. It's going to be oh, so man. good. Uh, and we'll preview that a little bit later. Uh, yep. If we recap the other MLS matches this past week, uh, New York Red Bulls beat Toronto 2-0. Um, that's where BWP was suspended on yellow card suspensions, accumulation. We'll talk a little bit about that later. NYCFC drew Montreal, as we talked about yep. earlier, allowing Atlanta United to clinch that first round by. Perfect. Um, SKC lost on the road. Yep, to the to Philadelphia Union. Who looked really good. <laughs> they looked really they did. good. And FC Dallas somehow squeaked by Vancouver on the road, 2-1, despite Davies playing out of his mind. Yeah, he had a heck of a game, and uh, but they still couldn't pull it off no. against FC Dallas. They had the chance. They blew it. So we're looking at potential match, uh, p- potential points, excuse me, uh, for... Max both, points. Yeah, yeah, max points right. for ATL, the New York Red Bulls, uh, SKC, and FC Dallas. So... Right now, we're looking at, for Atlanta, 75 potential points, Red Bulls, 71 potential points, uh, SKC at 66, and FC Dallas at 68. It was funny how just a couple weeks ago, we thought like uh, FC Dallas, or a few weeks ago, FC Dallas might come up into the conversation, right. and it's pretty much a two-horse race at this point. It's two-horse. It's yeah. Atlanta and I mean, unless uh, something Rebels. drastic happens, um, yep. that's all things said and done. Oh, man. So, uh, Felipe, uh, I don't know if you saw the San Jose Earthquakes uh, lineup graphic. Oh, straight out of the 90s. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Yeah. It is straight out of the 90s. This was tweeted us by listeners. They said, you have got to, because obviously didn't have a podcast uh, because it was a late game on Wednesday. Right. And and, uh, and so people were like, you have to talk about this. And I don't know what there's to talk about. It looks like a PowerPoint presentation. It honestly does. <laughs> now, when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is a slide from my PowerPoint. Because the way that it is graphically formatted makes it look like, oh, this was just where the blue line in it intersected the black. And it was just like, oh, we'll just put things here well it's it's almost as if the designer he probably knows that you're really hard on these lineup graphics yeah and he was intimidated he, was intimidated. he or she was intimidated yeah. Yeah, for sure. and went extremely minimalist extremely safe i did this isn't even minimalist though no, i mean when you're looking at minimal. it it's, it's not just, a min- it's a not yeah. it's not minimalist at all um it's just poorly no done design. yeah it's just no there's no design there yeah it's it actually uh i did a quick tweet about it when they someone tweeted out um after the match and I was zoomed in and if you actually look carefully between the logo the Quakes logo and the Atlanta United logo the versus is actually off center so it's <laughs> not it even, really? yeah it's actually it's actually the closer Atlanta United to, logo it's, looks smaller it's, too it's, it is smaller and it's closer to the Atlanta United logo the versus is there uh, so just and we, weird with the black the, numbers the colors yeah it's like they said we have a three color palette yeah and like was the most boring way to put it in there like right. we just have to do this somebody was like i they got someone that's not they don't have a graphic design team obviously or anything and somebody got handed this yeah and like an assistant and was like oh my god i just need <laughs> to get this done or get them off my back about it right like have you done the logo have you done the lineup graphic yet have you done it okay, okay here you so, go so who besides atlanta united because i know you'll probably say atlanta united who does a great who does a good job who what club she loves philadelphia union does well. i did i really actually really liked philadelphia union and i yeah, will also okay. say that i think the other one that it sticks in my, sticks out in my mind is NYCFC. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because there's Philadelphia Union is much like ours, where it's you can see the positions of the players, mm-hmm. but NYCFC is probably in from what's sticking out on my mind of the memory it's of the, the what opposite we've gone approach, through. The more simple, just it's the text simple, just the the name of the players. But it looked almost like a film festival uh, poster of like 
Okay. You know, yep. people that are starring in these films. Mm-hmm. It, it it just felt it felt very like in my zone. So that's I think why I gravitized to that. Yep. But uh, I think NYCFC for the simple lineup of the names of the players, and then Philadelphia Union for being closer to what we do as a team. So do we know what uh, San Jose has done in the past? I don't. I what actually if this don't was know. A one of those. What if it was, it was a one-off gamesmanship? Thing? They did not want us yeah. to know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I did like Chicago Fire. We started Fire doing okay. that. Yeah, we have legitimately started doing that. And I think that's one of the. I'm actually really proud of us for doing that because it feels like every time we've done a playoff, uh, or not playoff, but every every time we've done a graphic for the team for like this is the formation we've used, we've told them the formation that we're using, and it feels like now the media team is like, oh, we're just going to give you a four-three-three, and yeah. you can figure it out. Exactly. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, formation means nothing right now in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever we pulled out in San Jose was, I don't know what that was. And then it looked very effectively like a, a hybrid Yeah. on uh, RSL, I guess. So I'm not a tactics guy, but that's no, a, it I was mean, hard to, to decipher, and that's if, okay. If, yeah. To Kelly's point, yeah, it looked like a 4-3-3 three, three in yeah. the graphic. It ended up being more like a 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah, um, exactly. I think the last few weeks... Um, but like, listen, we have two templates. Three, yeah, five, two. Exactly. We're not getting into this yeah. wishy-washy. We're not getting a third graphic type right. of, of where we had to put the people. It was either that or the team was just like, you know what? We're just going to tell you who's going to be on the field. We're not going to tell you what formation they're going to be in. So if you scroll down, you can actually see uh, that's not just their lineup graphic. Uh, their, oh, wow. su- their substitution graphic also looks like a PowerPoint slide as well as their, hey, it's a kickoff. And all it says is. San, we are San Jose, and then oh giant God. letters kick <laughs> off. So honestly, this and I don't know what the heartbeat thing, like the heartbeat monitor weird thing is. What I don't heartbeat know. monitor thing? The, where it says kickoff, it looks like a heartbeat monitor. It does. Yeah. Oh, it does. You know what? Wanda what, looks like he does not want to. This be is actually really nobody looks like they want to no. be on that slide. <laughs> it's really interesting when you say a heartbeat because when I was looking at the substitution slide that they have, it looks like a medical slide. It looks like something you would see at a medical. No, conference. I've used those arrows in a PowerPoint at work to talk about life cycle management. Yeah. So. <laughs> It, it looks, but for oh some gosh. reason to me, when I'm looking I've at used it, that I'm thinking, slide. oh, healthcare. I'm pretty sure they took my slide and just put their faces on it. I think that's what happened. I need to check my computer. Oh, uh, well, it's they knew. Sad. So, I do, mean, do, do better, we, San Jose. Do we, well, we're going to take better. another break, and then what we'll no, do no, no, is. No, 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 Jay, you want to rate it, though? You want to? You have to rate it first, I'm not don't rating you? that. Okay, then fine. That's zero. <laughs> I mean, come on. I okay. mean, what's your rating? No, if you're getting zero, I'm going to also do zero. Well, that's I'm what I'm saying. It it's not even, like, I'm not even going to rate it because it's not even like a real I'm sorry. graphic. Teams, we don't judge or rate PowerPoints. <laughs> yeah. Must when have you, an When you make submission. a lineup graphic, we'll actually give a rate. <laughs> but after we take a break, we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk a little recap uh, about San Jose. Um, you know, just the epic, uh, historic match, really, uh, if you think about from our Man. short history. Uh, that was, yes. as well as the RSL game at home. Uh, to wrap up a series, a one-week series, uh, and then we'll get into it with some Q and A with uh, with Felipe. Yeah, we, we we have questions. We Listeners have so many actually questions. submitted questions, so we'll get into those. All right, great. We'll be right back.
Live what you want to say. And we're, and we're. Now that we're back, what did you. Caught me off guard. You guys just do such a great job after those breaks. I know. Yeah. Can't, can't, Pumping up can't the energy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Brother. <laughs> so uh, we had, uh, if you don't remember, we had a couple matches here in, in, a, in a close couple of did days. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember. What yeah. what what was the match that we had miss midweek because I can't I can't <laughs> And we just sailed through all of them as we expected, right? <laughs> yeah, fully fully simple. Don't even remember what just they were. Just hand them like. the MLS Cup. <laughs> well, let me start it with this. Let me start this. San Jose was a late game. Right. Oh were, my god, was it late? Were you up? So, I was up um I have kids, man. So I know like, it's tough. I'm up at six. By the time things started, like eleven fifteen, yeah. it was like you know. all day. I was honestly like dreading the kickoff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to, you know. Did you take a nap midday? No siesta. No, I was oh, you didn't? no siesta. Okay. I wish I could have done a siesta, but yeah. Um, so full disclosure, I totally fell asleep in the first half. Like I was oh, wow. out. Yeah. And then I woke up again. It's like the opposite of most people. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so, they like, fell asleep after. No, I, f- I fell asleep like in the first half, and like, I think I woke up with a couple like goal calls, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm up, I'm up. So then I switched from watching the game in bed. That's probably yeah, a smart decision. Probably smart. Um, and I switched to a chair, and I ended up watching the game. Um, and, and no, I mean, just like a lot of the reactions from the fans, like. Um, I thought it was going to be another Houston at one point. You know, it just looked yep. like that type of uh, result. And you know, on the athletic, we had a Q and A with the fans uh, the night before. And um, one of the questions, which I thought was a great question, was, you know, should we should Atlanta United be worried that we're playing a team that just fired their coach and nothing to lose? And um, something that I said is that you know, even though Atlanta United is in is is it's in first place, their margin for error is very slim. So. You know, in Major League Soccer, a top-level team can lose to a bottom-table team any week. And mm-hmm. when you 100%. play with a chip on your shoulder like San Jose did, uh, and they had a lot to prove, you get that type of result. And I think we can all agree, also, looking back, uh, San Jose has talent. You know, they're, they're, they're not a, a hun- bad team. Oh, it's, it's, absolutely. It's, it's still a lot of the same pieces last year that right. played exciting yeah. soccer right. towards the end of the season. They, bef- have, they have a good they team. Before they moved everything around and started, you know, Correct. they started changing it up again. They had yeah. some young players playing this time. It looked kind of like that, where they're like they felt like you know there were a couple player changes, a couple guys that hadn't played, you hadn't seen before in the lineup, and right. new coach. And so, what the heck? Let's go. Right. You know, like they are got nothing dyna- to lose. Let's go hog wild. They're yeah. a dynamic team, like individually. Like I've read and heard a lot about Lima. You know, I think he's their homegrown. Uh, what a player! Like mm. a very good uh, attacking fullback, um, very technical. Just a lot of they had a lot of technical players, which is rare in MLS. A team of like when you have like nine to ten really strong players on the ball and San Jose is that type of team. And Steve Ralston, obviously, um, and I've been watching MLS for a long time. He was Carlos Valderrama's like main wingman. So this is a guy that knows how to play in this league. He was a technical player. Yep. Um, he they played for him, so uh, Atlanta United had to get out of that one, and they they scraped by. So yeah, they didn't make the mistake of trying to outpass us, and they didn't right. worry about accurate passing accuracy and these sorts of things. They just they created dangerous chances. They got in behind us, and and God, Larry looked like he was getting run ragged out there. I mean, yep. it was it was rough well, to watch. Well, yeah, you know, Lorenzo is so good in the middle where he can k- kind of play in his zone and mm-hmm. and just kind of like distribute and and he said it himself when he talked to me like as far as the press goes his role in the press isn't the the, the similar role like Miguel Admiron has going to like go and attack a player right like he's going to get like the second wave of that press where he can read the play a lot easily when he's playing in the back in a three like in a three back 
he's having to go one-on-one with guys that are coming right at him, like skillful guys that are co- looking to get a one-on-one matchup, and he struggled a little bit. It was like the yeah. antithesis, like the opposite of Saturday. Right. Yeah. You right. know, where I feel like Larry's you really looked Saturday at those things. fantastic. I feel mm-hmm. like those, but that may have been that learning lesson we yeah. needed to, to get straightened up for RSL yeah. because it looked locked down after that oh, I mean, for sure and i understand i mean i mean if we i don't want to get too ahead of myself you know when i was watching this i was live tweeting the whole thing and uh, i think somebody at tailgate said that he was going to fall asleep but then he was reading my live tweets <laughs> he's like okay at least something's happening like you know we're getting destroyed but at least we can vent about it whatever and well, i mean i was I, lively I, the entire I, time i literally you guys are just sitting in the wrong section i was in the supporter <laughs> section i was alive the entire time in san for the san jose match no, I'm talking about the. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I don't know where you're at. We're <laughs> we're still in San Jose, tweeting. California, still yeah. chilling. Okay. Yeah. West Coast time. Yeah, so, West Coast so. time. I was I was actually in a very comfortable, beaten down, beautiful bla- uh, brown leather recliner with uh, copious amounts of wine that somebody gave me, and I was just sort of perched with a blanket and. Where's this at 11:30 at night? That hang out. Actually, in Brookhaven. I mean, oh, so it was like really sounds close like a good hangout. Yeah. Interesting. We should just go there after this. Okay. I know a guy. <laughs> Let me text the wife. I'm going to the armchair lounge. Yes. Uh, it was great. And I just remember tweeting out, and I tweeted out the next day a compilation of my like six minutes of tweets between the time when Wondolowski came off the bench, who is also looking to score, break his record, right? right to beat Landon Donovan. Which most he definitely goal is. He's got two. And you thought maybe something so. could happen. He did. He came on and just score, he scored he that goal. For that, yeah. And at that moment, I think I tweeted out and said, this is a disgrace. We deserve to get beaten 11 to 1. Right. Because I thought Wando was just going to unleash like two more on us. Why not? It's going to be a hat trick night for Wando. He's going to break, get the record. It's just going to be one of those nights, right? On the backs of Atlanta United. And then when everything turned around, by no help of uh, uh, the English commentators, English commentators on <laughs> Univision, we don't who, even <laughs> who were just cynical and terrible the rest of the match, by the way, and just totally so unfocused bad. on the historic moment taking so place. So bad. But uh, while other people were all. Uh, either turning off or trying to turn to 92.9 during the game because it was so that bad. I had headphones on because my wife's in the next room, so I actually just threw the headphones onto the couch and I proceeded to watch the rest of the goals in silence. Oh gosh! And it was still better than I listening to those in Spanish. <laughs> the Spanish telecast. We, was we fine. watched it in Spanish yeah. too because she, yeah. she had uh, turned on SAP and I couldn't figure out how to turn it off so i just uh, or i don't know i couldn't you know, figure out how to turn off the sap i because you know what it is it took me so long to figure out how to turn it get it turned on and then i don't i'm afraid to turn it off <laughs> you know what's you know what sucked about it though i mean we we even watched it in spanish so mm-hmm. it's like we got that portion of it where we're like we were just sort of figuring out on our own the problem that that upset me the most about the whole wandalowski goal and then turning it back was that you could tell by even on the Spanish broadcast, you could tell that nobody knew what was going on right. because it was still focusing on uh, Wondolowski possibly. Yeah, everybody kept saying offsides, offsides. And, um, and you're like, that, no, that doesn't make any sense because you're obviously looking and you're like, you're clearly, and you felt bad. You're like, there's no way they should call this back. Like, right. that he was onside. And then you immediately cut to Joseph sitting at the penalty box and you're <laughs> like, Wait, I'm sorry. What just Where happened? Where was the camera guy, by the way, when all that was going? Because <laughs> apparently Tito you're, knew you're this Tito what knew it was a handball. Our radio, com- our radio commentators knew it was a handball because they happened to see it. Yeah. The coaches knew it was um, like everybody knew it was a handball except for the ref. But yeah. uh, and the commentators, 
commentators, uh, TV commentators, apparently. So either way, but once that happened, I had a series basically uh, where I totally transformed from it's going to be 11 to 1 to, uh, oh, my God, you know, this is the greatest comeback in history. And it's just one of those sports moments where, you know, you just knew this could be something to really kickstart our run to the playoffs. Like This is a catalyzer, perhaps. And that's what, you know, really got me pumped up about the whole starship thing that was like i gotta take this to the next level like we're gonna we're gonna do this like this is after that moment that san jose when we won that game that was the first time that i allowed myself to believe yes that we were gonna win the supporter shield you know that i allowed myself to say you know what we can do this i believe in this team this is special what's happening is special enough of the cynical bullshit about well the mls anything can happen no fuck that we're getting it. We're going there. There's no excuses. Let's do this shit. So that's just that. That was for it catalyzed me. I wasn't even in there. You know, yeah. that was before they even recorded the video, put it on social yeah. media, and we did the whole, you know, not gonna stop. Nothing's gonna stop us. But that was Dude. the whole inspiration behind the thing. Yeah. You know, because nothing's gonna stop us at this point. What could what could possibly stop us? And everybody goes, well, Red Bulls could or this, and that's Twitter. Everybody's that's like, well, this could happen Twitter. and that could happen. I'm like, no, man, this as a sports media. fan, like when you were a kid. And you got into sports. Did you care about the statistics and the what ifs and the, 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 the and you listen to too much Matt Doyle and Extra Time Radio and you listen to stuff and regurgitate. And it's like, no, be in the moment. Let's do this. Right. And they're they're not every they're only a handful of teams in the world, in world soccer that can say, Oh, we have this guy that will score a goal for us. Yeah. Like we just know that in a tie game or we need we need a result. They have a guy like there are a few of those players. That's why a guy like Joseph Martinez is, is so special, and that's why, to your point, Jay, this is a, a special season. It was a special moment. Obviously, from a, a, an objective kind of neutral place, they struggled mildly yeah. in that in that game. But I just when, feel like I'm so mired down in that for the whole season, yeah. where you're grinding out and you just know anything could happen, anything could change, any team could beat you, and we spend three quarters of the season, if more, four fifths of the season, trying to be that. After a game, yeah, we won. And then the next day you go, okay, but we play really, and we like, it's, right. it's fun and we like to analyze, but I think sometimes we lose, especially in social media, yeah. maybe more so with social media because you're constantly just minutia and you want to break down, and every day you're, you're, there's only so much to talk about. So you're looking at all the different things, and, and as a journalist, especially, but sometimes it's not good to take a step back and just say, Absolutely. this is the shit. Like, yeah, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this one. Thank well, you very much. I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore the, the performance. Not that it didn't happen, but I don't need to talk about it. It happened, and, you know, it My, is what it is. When when Joseph was in midair and and he and he snapped that header down to the ground, my reaction was one of those like, you kind of can't believe that he did it again. So and so which that, is crazy at this point. Or the fact that it that looks so very, simple. Yeah, and it's like, to a, a fan should embrace that. Yes, an Atlanta United fan should forget about the what ifs and what may happen and who may leave, and who we might play and. The Red Bulls are, and it's are, fun to talk about, but I is. think we get too bogged down in but, it. But look yeah. at what look at the product on the field. Look at the product on the field that you, as an Atlanta United fan, has the privilege of supporting every week. Every week, and yeah. and the type of player like Joseph Martinez, like I have a, a very cool job where after a game I can see them in the locker room and see how they're reacting, see you know how they feel, and you know against RSL. When I walked in, I saw Miggy, for instance. He looked like he had been in a fight. Like, he was kicked a lot in that game. Yeah, and he, he was. He was kind of, like, walking around. Like, he had, like, this grimace on his face. And Joseph, even though he didn't score, he was just, like, he was in the zone. He was happy, but kind of, like, low-key happy. And another thing is that these players, they are so 
fit. Like this is. We've had two this break is, weeks in yeah. a matter of a month to get this fitness. Is, By the way, talk. after playing a tournament on Sunday, I'm like, <laughs> there is no way these I, guys. I have noticed good. like these these small even like a guy like Julian Gressel who. When I stand next to him and ask him a question, I'm like, "This is a, this is a big guy. These guys, yeah, obviously are bu- putting in a lot of work outside yeah. of the 90 minutes that we Absolutely. get to see them." So, yep. um, again, you can see why fitness was so it. important yeah. during those breaks when they talked about oh, 100%. it. 100. Because that week, this week that we just dealt with, was probably what they were looking ahead towards. Saying, "Yeah, you right. know, charter flight back from San Jose to play RSL playoff team." Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be ready. And, and they yeah. know they knew that today was was an off day. They had the day off today, Monday. Wrestle um, went to see Tiger Woods on Sunday. Yeah, he and, did. Yeah, they had yeah. Sunday, you know. I think it was Oliver Shannon was there too. I think. Sunday and Monday off, so they have those. There's a few of them there. They yeah. were motivated to get the nine points. Yeah. Um, and 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 Tata talked about that after the game when I asked him like, "Hey, you guys just broke the record the for away force, wins. Yeah. What does that mean? Is that important for the psychology of the team? It is for most teams around the world. And yeah. And quickly he said how disappointed he was in the result in San Jose. Now, obviously, he was happy with. The way the team responded, but right. to everyone's to, to your point, Jay and Kelly, the reason he he brought it up, he's like, we have individuals on this team that can do that, that can take a game where we play poorly for eighty-seven minutes, and we can still win with them, and then they can come three days later and play really well against another good team. So it, they're in a good place. Yeah. Uh, it's just unfortunate it was such a late night match because it's one of those matches where if it happened during the day or any other time, people would go, well, I remember what I was doing when that happened. I was at this bar or a watch party, but everybody's on their couch or in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. it's tough to tie something to it because that's how yeah. I rely on memories is like something I did. You know, uh, I can't just remember. Some people just can remember games, you know, they watched. And I have to have something contextual around it that happened that, you know, ties it to it. And I was sitting on the couch quietly. I had grinding my teeth. I couldn't make a peep because I my there's no door to our bedroom. It's, you know, a miniature apartment. I, so I was basically just yeah. raged shouting through Twitter, you know. That's so so I was I was uh, at uh, my friend. Well, my mine and Blake's friend's Cody's Cody's house, the lounge club. Uh, so we were at Cody's house, and one of Cody's roommates was already asleep. And I have a tendency, as you know, Jay, to uh, yell during matches. <laughs> so um, at one point, both and clap. Co- yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Loudly. I and I make. Uh, I have no Weird idea what noise, noises Chewbacca come out noises. of my, Yeah, they just come out of my body. Um, and I was making all of these obviously for this match because it was one of those matches where you can't have a visceral reaction to it. Like you cannot not have a visceral reaction or a vocal reaction to it. So I'm sitting there and I'm making all of these sounds and then and then both Cody and Blake and uh, their roommate I think I can't remember his name but they were like by the way somebody's asleep right now yeah and screw then, that guy yeah <laughs> screw that guy so all of my screaming had to become now if you're not married to him fuck him <laughs> that's what I gotta say like yeah, that, that, that motherfucker's means, waking that means up different tough shit. things for certain people Jay. <laughs> right. um, but all of my screaming had to become silent screaming and it was just very interesting for me because. At the point in time where we, where Joseph scored that la- the late minute stoppage time header, both me and Blake were like going hog wild, silent screaming. Like what is silent screaming? I, like, I can't even explain it. It's just silent screaming. Like just like, you like can't like you're. It's not full vocal screaming, but oh, you're, you're obviously jumping in the still air, vocalizing? like flailing your body. And it was just, it was exciting. And then we ate a bunch of M&Ms and it was just, it was a joyous <laughs> occasion. It was great. All right. M- the M&M celebration. It was right. the M&M, cele- M&M silent screaming celebration. Wine and M&Ms. 
Yes. That was my life. <laughs> On Wednesday, it was fantastic. I didn't I didn't get home until 3 p.m. Yeah. 3 a.m., excuse me. Well, the game didn't finish until 1.30 in the morning. Like, everyone was up. Everyone yeah, was I, like I, up. I fell asleep at 5 a.m. Yeah, that was bad. It was a bad day. I fell asleep at 5 a.m. I, I got home at 3 a.m., and then I was like, I should probably go to sleep. So I went to sleep at 3.30 a.m. Lucky you. Not, but you were also like... Twitter God, I and think I'm I not. started making videos. I think was <laughs> I was like, exactly I have, to, I have too much creative energy. I gotta get this. <laughs> I gotta get some. Joseph's inspired me. Um, oh. He's my muse. Uh, so <laughs> that brings us uh, to a quick turnaround. They did. They did use one of their four optional charters. I think we used one last year as well uh, for a West Coast coming back from Canada or something last year. Seattle maybe. We still have um, three charters. But we didn't use them all last year either, is what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. I said we used one of our four. So uh, they chartered back. Jason Launcher was on the flight. There were some pictures of the plane, and I don't think anybody actually slept. Uh, but, uh, yeah, came back, RSL, 70-some thousand people, and, I mean, pretty professional performance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, we talked about it a little bit before we were eating. Um, I tweeted out about 55th minute, get the fuck out of my stadium if you're not going to fucking p- show up and play. Because yeah. I thought they packed it in, and I got some heat for people like Matt Lana, who I love to death, and he's like, "What are you talking about? They're they're a playoff team." I'm like, I don't see a fucking playoff team. I see people that gave up after the second goal, and it's infuriating because this is not what people pay to come up for. But I mean, this is the team that you're advertised six one, and you watch them play. And after I watched them against um, Minnesota, couldn't even hold on to one nil, mm-hmm. and then they, they're obviously a clearly different team on the road. In fact, Beckerman was so invisible, I didn't even know he was on the field. I said, "Man, I turned to you guys. I was like, yeah. hell." They 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 needed Beckerman clearly right. because we like, because uh, Ruzdek had to keep coming deep because they didn't have Jay, Beckerman to, to, to sort Jay things Beckerman out. Beckerman was definitely on, and the I was field. like, because I didn't even notice him till the, the last ten minutes. Game, he started yeah. to finally it was do the something. The entire game, Jay. Yeah, I mean, they they <laughs> I agree. They they disappointed. I I thought you know coming into that game, I thought it was going to be a challenge for Atlanta United, having you know just been on the road and having yeah. to you know expend so much energy. Now you have a playoff team, a team that individually also is very technical. You have yes. some good players. You know, Brooks Lennon, Severino. It's also a young team. A young yeah. team with a fiery coach. Right. Uh, and they, yeah, they. they I, I really f- expected more from from. Real I felt like they wilted in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it honestly felt right. like it should have been a higher, a higher I was scoring match. I yeah. thought it was going to be like a, yeah. a goal fest because they play more open style. Yeah. And we knew Rusnak. I mean, that's a guy that if there's a spot ball, like he's their Giovinka. I mean, you know, just he's going to show like, up. But here's a question invisible. I have. Is it is it solely attributed to RSL for just coming in and just deflowering themselves? Deflowering themselves? Oh. <laughs> what? They, they, they had sex with themselves? <laughs> they uh, well, how about, how about this? Is it, is it, is it, is it? She got on you for saying six. Hold on. I need, I need to pontificate. Okay, pontificate. You. <laughs> you said it's pontificate. So... Is it is it solely on RSL for coming in and uh, wiltering? Wilting. Well, whatever. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Is it solely on RSL for coming in and wilting, or is can some of it be attributed to uh, Atlanta United's game plan for this match? No, don't, definitely both. Yeah, a little both. And 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 Tata after the game specifically pointing out the first half, the performance. He was like, they were, they were very, you know, Atlanta United was very good in the first half. Um, considering you know the ten, the games that they had just played, to your point, Jay, it was it was a very professional performance, and, and, he, and I saw guys with some tired legs. I felt yeah. for the first time since he arrived in Atlanta, you know, Eric Remedy looked tired, and he still played really well. He yeah, was still he you know essentially you know pretty flawless, um, but he wasn't his usual. 
dynamic. Like he wasn't up in the in the opponent's third, but just everyone yeah. kind of did their job. Um, and and you know, I know we're getting on uh, RSL a little bit, but they did have a few players that did not quit. I'll point to Severino. I thought I feel he was bad for their on forward, the, the Slovakian game. guy. Yeah, well, I mean, you we know, know, he's a defensive center mid. Is he? Yeah, he's. They started playing him as a forward recently. Yeah, like Jason Longshore called that out before the game. He's but like, he just get no help. I mean, no, no runs or anything. No. They just like he's back there with three or four. By the time they, right. they're so slow. That well, by the time they would push the ball forward, it was a game of like trying to get the ball to him. Where, you know, there was no space behind anyways at so, that point. So let's let's talk about that because that is a decent segue to talk about you know George Bell. I felt that you know for his first start. No, Tata Martino could have started him oh, against, yeah. against yeah. anyone else. Yeah, and Bello. Okay, but it would, yeah. didn't start we haven't with even that. started talking you know, about Bello. And, and George <laughs> Bello, you know, he started, played really well, but he did have a very difficult one-on-one matchup with... Yeah. One of the oh, trickiest wings. Oh, absolutely yeah. he did. So, in MLS. To your point about yeah. their center forward not getting any service. We shut down the wings. Well, they wanted to play down the wings. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, and Escobar did his you know typical you know, very good job. They didn't even get room until the second half when right. Bello was mm-hmm. tired. And, you know? then, and it wasn't until the second half where they got by Bello where he took yeah. a couple steps forward because I think by that time he had played seven, not seven only, minutes. Not only that, but I just Bello... Think, I don't think he has MLS legs yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he's not It doesn't matter how young you are. It's his first start for MLS. I mean, that's a total level of different level of fitness 100%. Yeah. Right. but you, have, you also have to remember that like Bello in 15th minute he was attacking he was in the box he yeah, almost yeah, ball freaking got a goal the goal nobody was there but that could have been a tap in he could have had an assist in the first right. like 10-15 minutes Imagine and then that. and then he had a, a, a a cross and he could have probably had a shot on goal if LGP saw him in the box and, and just mm-hmm. tossed the ball he just had great movement it I was mean, impressive to watch fearless he's yeah, not afraid he to go in the box and nope. uh, uh, he, he yeah. talked a lot about like the preparation after the game and, and to your point Kelly the, you know the game plan I asked him after the game if I said hey it's one thing to start it's another thing to start again and match up against Severino like what did you know about him before the game what did you how did you prepare and in, in typical Tata Martino fashion Tata Martino loves game film mm-hmm. in, in case you guys don't know that he, like he loves to watch film on on, on players there's the, you know today Brian Dunseth on his show talked about the famous uh, all-star weekend where the, he had the all-star team watch tape on Juventus so instead of just like hey guys come in and let's you know let's mm-hmm. get together and knock it around and go play an exhibition match they really looked at the opponents, you know, the film-wise, and that's what George Bello told me. He's like, I, I watched a lot of film on Severino. I knew that he was a technical player, a one-on-one player. So he was ready. The kid was ready, and he performed. It was really um, – it was a great moment. I listened on the way here to the uh, 92.9, uh, and I love that they put this up on their podcast. Um, if you don't listen to it, 92.9, you can go find it. It's called Off the Woodwork. But instead of just used to be Off the Woodwork with Jarrett Smith and like a weekly podcast for a while – uh, they just post all their content there, the full-time match reports right after you know, the, the um, game uh, where they interview players, and they interview Bellow. Mm-hmm. And when Mike Conti said, uh, who would you have guessed had the most tackles in the game? It was him. Yeah. And he was – I mean, you yeah. could believe it. And you know <laughs> the, what he told the, us. Just that moment where he was, sort of he was shocked. Where he like, was really? like, what? Do you know what he told <laughs> us, like where he thought he could have improved defensively? He, th- he said he felt like maybe he – he he stabbed a couple times and and, and the, the entire game. But I was that sitting, was necessary. Slowed him down. I well, mean yeah. those pokes. But I was you, sitting uh, next yeah. to you know Joe Patrick and I was like, what he's doing really well is that he's not diving in. He's containing and because right. he didn't need to. He didn't have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Like he told us later he's like, I knew that Severino was a one on a one v one player, a technical player, and I could not. I had to contain him. Yeah. So 
Good for him. He really came in That's prepared. a great guy to be have a cautious approach with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Tata talked about it at their game. Whenever everyone's talking about his gameplay and what stood out for Tata Martino was he's 16. He's a, he literally called him a boy. He is a boy that came in and played. And he and Tata kind of like raised his hands and like went like this, like in this stadium in front of 72,000. Um, and he performed well. So yeah. Uh, good for him. Yeah. 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 Great and you start. had professionals like, you know, wilting or wiltering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that actually. Wiltering. Wiltering. Uh, in front of 72,000 people. I feel like I need so to look this up for RSL. This is a word. So I, I, I just think it's phenomenal. Um, very clinical. 2-0. Uh, uh, as I uh, mentioned while we were eating uh, the before the podcast, uh, the two goals that were scored were off the two worst uh, statistically, worst chances. Uh, <laughs> so Tito uh, and uh, Gressel scored uh, where they shouldn't have. Right. Um, which is a good thing to have happen into the playoff run. Uh, I'm so okay with it. That's that's good stuff. I like it. It also shows the depth of our attack. And can we talk about Miggy uh, taking a shot with his right foot, by the way? Uh, I don't remember, I don't remember that it, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took a shot with his right foot. Went straight at the keeper. Next one's going to go. It was well struck. And yeah, it yeah, was yeah. on frame. Was, yeah, was, yeah. and Tito also had one with his right foot that kind of fluffed it in the back left. But that was <laughs> so. I love how the tap in is the one he misses, but he gets the these crazy goals. Yeah, when it's like I a mean, San Jose with the volley and stuff. It's and, just amazing. And even Gressel's goal, like Almiron, completely overcooked the cross. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but that that's it, we we want to get technical and really nerdy and talk about formations. That's 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 the role of a win back for Gressel. Gressel has to kind of clean up. You know, stay. Stay ready, not not go too far, not run to the near post, and he stayed at the far post. He had time, and and apparently, I didn't even know you could hit your hit the ball with the outside of your foot from that angle and <laughs> and get past a keeper that's right in front of you. I'm still not quite sure. I'd like yeah. to see some other angles I haven't seen available because that that ball just looked like it defied physics to get where it was. It was very bizarre. The the half volley, the the for um for Gressel, yeah, oh, yeah. where he hit it on the outside yeah, of his right yeah. foot. It was crazy. All right, we're going to take uh, another break, and then we will finally get to the Q&A. We're going to pound the fleshes. Uh, uh, pound all the fleshes. Kelly would say. No, we're going we're gonna to pound through these, and uh, we'll get, get right through them. Pound uh, town. Because I want to know some of the answers to these. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Part, but hey, it happened. Well, you didn't wilter. 
Uh, or you, wiltering. You rose to the occasion. Thank you. Yeah. Like a rose. I get it. It's a flower <laughs> joke. Good job, Jay. We touched on a lot of these topics already, I think. So I don't think uh, we need to get into those. We talked about Julian Gress. We talked about Bello Tata. Right. Um, and at the end of the podcast, we'll ask Felipe if he has any, any sneaks, uh, sneak uh, hints or anything Maybe coming out that like we can juicy we can look for um, from the athletic. We're going to milk you like a cow. But right. we're going to bust a myth, y'all. Uh, we, we're going to bust a myth. We tweeted out, uh, what are your favorite Atlanta United myths that you feel yes. have been busted? Example. Like we talked about, Atlanta United never beat playoff level teams as an example. And Kelly, what did what was the first person's response? Kristen Smith's uh, first response uh, was Starship will never be relevant again. I've never heard that one, but wow. now we know that's false. Wow. Uh, oh, is it false? Are you sure? Because it's back because nothing's going to stop us. Nothing's going to stop us. How do we us. get Andrew McCarthy <laughs> to be a part of this? I don't, I don't know, know, but we need to possible. figure it out. I my, think it's possible. My dream is to have uh, Julian Gressel in one of my music videos. That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. All right, Jay, <laughs> go ahead. Next one. Uh, so at Timber Zach, um, uh, just posted the, the um, what's his uh, what's his face's article, the yeah. Seattle Sounders guy. Uh, yeah. The Atlanta isn't ready for MLS article. <laughs> yes, that has definitely been beaten to death, and he has since apologized, yep. but he still gets heat for it, and he 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 eats it up. But yes, that that is definitely the case. Hey, Myth busted. Hey, Felipe, you want to do the next one? It's that one right there. So Atlanta is not a soccer city. It's gosh, not. Gosh. <laughs> what? I'd say Are that that's been pretty well, pretty well debunked. debunked. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. Debunked. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think uh, I think he's pretty accurate. Uh, thank you, Bradley. <laughs> Chris R. Smith came back with another one. Says only Joseph scores. Oh, mm. that's obviously proven false. Yeah, look at goal of the week, <laughs> week after week. It hasn't uh, just been Joseph. Which, yeah. it's, it's, Do not say that. Fact, to it's, Tata. it's Tito and. In fact, funny thing about Joseph, if you think about it. If you were to sit down and have to write down the goals that you remember from Tito or Gressel versus Joseph, yeah. out of 30 goals, which ones could you actually remember? Because he's had so many different yeah. kinds. And, and Tito's are always memorable. Yeah. Right. Like, so that's the thing. You know, so like, like my first goal that I ever a lot remember for Atlanta United is obviously the Orlando goal from Tito, right? Sure. And then the next one is the Orlando goal from Joseph with a Bendik face. <laughs> yeah, right the, after the, the 28th goal and then um i think the next one after that is the columbus goal from tito which was the run-up play between miggy joseph and tito uh we scored this year which was the beautiful run of form you have such a great favorites. memory how do you have a problem yeah. with words i don't understand like you can remember everything i can't remember no, i can't remember about. everything I and i remember. cannot remember words but in certain plays <laughs> i can remember specifically who scored you're like, uh, he was seven and a half yards from the, the touchline, and he crossed a ball with his left, and it hit his left Look, shoelace. Look, okay, people have memories on specific things. Thank you. Mine's just strange. I'm just No, I'm saying it's a good thing. I think it's great. All right, so the next one is uh, Scott Berkman, who said, refs give ATL UTD a break. <laughs> That's wrong. The, yeah, I mean, that was the big thing is, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people in MLS were like, uh, Atlanta's gets uh, favoritism from the referees. And then you have the opposite where, you know, Atlanta fans, like especially after Seattle, were like, well, VAR hates Atlanta. It's uh, rigged. <laughs> That's a myth, guys. That has been busted after this win against San Jose. Yeah, because basically <laughs> it's they not said, rigged did you because watch it? Well, it seems like ages ago when I know. everyone hated every Atlanta yeah. United fan felt VAR was specifically invented. Oh, we had so many weird things happen that happened to co correspond with VAR and weird results that weren't to our benefit that, yeah, just so kind of... What's the next one, uh, Philippe? What's it? So this comes from Iron Tooth. Uh, those crowds won't last. <laughs> so what was that attendance? You said it was 78, 
784,000? Well. Yeah, with the US Open Cup and everything else, we're almost to 900,000. So we're going to hit like a million people. <laughs> I mean, we are, though. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the crowds won't last. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fluke. AJ from Atlanta United Fan TV chimed in and said, Joseph Martinez is a penalty merchant. That was my favorite is, uh, you know, people like, well, yeah, but most of his goals are penalties. penalties Actually, obviously. I think about the same as BWP. Yeah. About this, when BWP got the golden boot I think and broke the record. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Harry Kane. He's can definitely we, a penalty <laughs> yeah, merchant. Yeah, for sure. Can we, can we talk about how most not, of definitely, Joseph... Definitely not a grammar merchant, though. How, <laughs> I, I need to see the stat of how many no. Joseph's goals, uh, how many of Joseph's goals are headers because if I think we're it's looking like at the fact that this dude is my he's height between and he's... 10 and 11. Loved, yeah, yeah 10, his, 10 or 11. His jump game is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane. So What's the next, next one is DeAndre, and he said, Joseph is lazy and always offside. Yeah, that's the one that started to get really busted a few months ago, finally, and people were just finally like, enough of this. We've, had, you know, we've all had enough of that. You know, Kevin Egan <laughs> and Dan Gargan said in their, their match uh, commentary that as of right now, Joseph gets about one offside a game. Yeah. Josh Bagranski at Josh B914, our buddy uh, we saw at the tailgate, had a good time with uh, on Saturday. He says, it's an obscure one. The 3 5 2 is not a viable option for the playoffs. Josh, I don't know who was saying that. Were you saying that to yourself? That was Josh. And, and, then, was you Josh. Ch- and then you changed your mind? <laughs> I don't know. Or, or as Josh likes to say, that was me saying that to Josh, which he has oh. no valid point but for. I, I will ref- defend Josh as a fellow nerd. Yeah. We're gonna see the three five two. Yeah, well, playoffs, I think everybody's right? now oh, figured yeah. that out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that we're so, gonna see that for 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 good. Myth busted. Um, so, Philippe, uh, we had a lot of questions from listeners. Uh, we tweeted out yesterday that you were joining us. Um, Chris from Iron Tooth Design has a very serious question: French very toast serious. or crepes? Oh gosh, I'm actually I prefer crepes. Yeah, <sighs> I like yeah. crepes. They're just a little too yeah. light for me. More like a dessert. I'm, on, dessert I'm actually crepes. on your side on that one. I'm like yeah. I like dessert crepes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but breakfast, I, like I want like something. Yeah, I'm stick to my ribs. Salty breakfast. I'm, okay. Yeah. So that's why I like crepes for me. Like, I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So my girl Robin uh, Sangini, who also just had a birthday this weekend, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Robin. Uh, said, when can we expect his interview with Tito Mi Amor- Amor- Amorcito? Amorcito. Yes. Tito Mi Amorcito. Tito, my love. Tito. She uh, loves Tito she very does. much. I, and I, I, I like Robin a lot. Robin, uh, Argentinian background. Yes. Correct. Father yes. from Argentina. Yes. She, um, hopefully soon. You know, like I would love to talk to him. Um, I think he has I a great story to tell. I think we're starving for Tito content. It right sounds now. like it. Yeah. Um, we need to know more about this tattoo. I want to know. Yeah, the yeah. lion tattoo. He has a lot of tattoos, Because he way. loves yes. to... Ri- li- I just I noticed the, the short started going up yes. more frequently the after happened, the tattoo, yeah. which is good. You want to show off tattoo? That's what you yeah. get it for. You know, I'll that's def- why we're a tank. I'll you think I wear ask. a tank? Because <laughs> I just you know suddenly like no, I got these tattoos. I was like, I want to show these suckers off. You know, I'll ask him about the tattoo. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so <laughs> Ben Decora, a uh, longtime listener, asked, uh, you should ask him what he thinks about local news channels. Like, he's been on a tear about this lady. I don't know what happened. Uh, like Fox 5 Atlanta, WSB TV, and 11 Alive News largely ignore Lane Knight and their sports coverage. Now, first, I'm going to preface this with I disagree I, I with this saw point. I last night, and I like that question, to be honest with you. Now, I, I, disagree, I, disagree with, I disagree with 11 Alive, number one. Uh, well, I, I guess... 11 Alive okay, was the one let that me we back did. This up. Okay. Let me back this up. It depends on what your expectations are. I think is, is, is resoundly how you will feel about this question, is where your expectations were, right? Mm-hmm. We saw 11 Alive down during the training ground in Orlando. They went down there. Uh, they, they sent people down there. They filmed at the training ground, which was pretty crazy, I thought. Um, started off strong. Have since petered off. ABC News came out of nowhere, did a spot. 
Mm-hmm. Didn't see anything from them all season. And all, At of, a sudden, all. And all of a sudden they came on. Um, also, Eleven Alive did some great stuff during the World Cup where they had Julian Gressel on. Yep. Um, they did some really neat stuff. I feel like Eleven Alive has been the most consistent okay. across the board in terms of coverage. Fox 5... After we got into it on Twitter a couple times with their producer, uh, we actually yeah. got into some battles. Uh, yeah. uh, they were a little snarky. Um, they put out a couple things, but their whole running gag about Fox 5 is the, the comeback from the producers like, we have a, what's they call it, a touch bar. We have a drop down. We're the only news site that has a drop down bar for Atlanta United. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, and then you go to the drop down bar, and there's two articles from like a year ago. Oh, <laughs> and you're God. like, it doesn't matter that you have Atlanta United. So, so I agree so with them on Fox 5. On Fox 5, I think, is, has been really trash. I'm really disappointed in them. I have never seen anything from ABC, which is WSB TV, I believe, mm-hmm. until they did the show. 11 Alive, I thought, has been pretty consistent. They haven't really gone with more content this year or less than what they were doing. Right. If anything, a little bit more maybe in the beginning of the season. Well, I mean, I think for years, like local TV just doesn't cover soccer in the U.S. Um, They cover high school football more. That's more important. (laughs) Yes. Culturally, the world's most popular sport is still not popular enough for local coverage. Now, here in Atlanta, you know, I've been kind of in the game shortly, like at the media scrums, and and I'm starting to see more local news at practice after the game. But really... You know, to answer the question, I think there is really like a deep rooted like lack of knowledge as well that they can't just send someone out there and say, "Hey, go cover right. the team," because and they, they get don't, skewered they don't when they do, and yeah. something yeah. happens. And I don't mean that yeah. like I don't mean it as a slight. You don't know what you're doing. No, it's not that. It's like it's this is new. There's a learning curve. This yeah. is new. This is this is new for so your traditional local. Their producers don't know how to right. produce this stuff. It's I mean, that show was a big deal it's when they ABC did that 30 minute show. Yeah, it was. It's it it's the lack of hiring some it's so it's the it's the inhibition and the, the lack of desire to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. So, so you've got plenty of people in this city that would be more than willing to help out it's a true, local. to take a producer to say we're going to spend the money to correct, a, but it, it, it could be correct. a freelancer. It right. doesn't have to be somebody that's paid staff full so time. So I don't know this gentleman's name, and it doesn't matter. But this is kind of a funny story. Like when I the first time I, I, I sat down with Joseph Martinez, he told me that um, he only has one idol. He's only ever had one idol in soccer, and that's the original Ronaldo, the yes. Brazilian Ronaldo, right? right? The one that never went down. Right. Correct. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like he never. He, the only way he went down is when he injured himself. Right. Right. But, but essentially, yes. I mean, there will never be no, another player like him. So in that same interview, we were talking about how Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, had just left Real Madrid for Juventus. Uh, Juventus. And yeah. he, he was like, I am on his side for several reasons, and he went into that, which my, my, my story covered. If you haven't read it, check it out. So Great article. A couple weeks later, thank you, um, we're at practice and a local news guy is there. And um, this was before the DC United match, the last match, the one they lost. And so he, they were getting ready to face Wayne Rooney. Um, I think he had just broken the record, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe he was close. Uh, yeah, Joseph he, had already he, broken it. He had already it. broken it. Okay, yeah, so like more, there's like all yeah. these random like people at practice. Right. And Joseph was available to the media. So it was one of those rare moments where... He's there, and usually when Joseph is available, there are more people. So um, we're, we're there, and we're kind of asking people asking me questions about, like, what's it like to face Wayne Rooney? And he's, like, just really short with everybody. Like, I don't think about other players. Next. Um, but Wayne Rooney is a star. I don't care. Next next question. You know, like, kind of, like, just answering, yeah. but, like, not really care. Um, and someone asked him a question about Ronaldo. And so he – about Cristiano Ronaldo. And so he answers qu- – he, like, quickly makes a point. I only have one idol. Like, he was like, I only care about one other player. 
and it's not Cristiano. It's Ronaldo originally. And he says in Spanish, right? Yeah. So, like, Justin somewhat, like, kind of, like, translates, but, you know, I felt like he kind of just, like, winged it for a good reason because time was next question. And right. this local guy is like, so tell me about how you look up to Cristiano. <laughs> tell me oh, what, no. Tell me, what, tell me, like, what it's like to really, you know, to, to you know, what, what do you think of Ronaldo? Like, and he, it was clear that the local guy was thinking about Cristiano the entire time. Yeah. He, now, he it, probably never heard of the other Ronaldo. Right. No. Yeah. So that's my point that, yeah. like, good for him for going and asking a question right. and, 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 and getting in there. And, like, I've seen him post game and he yeah. asked, you know, tough questions. But that's local news. You yeah. Know, yeah. There, there's a level of, of knowledge that they just don't have yet and that the fans have now. And they're recognizing this and they're yeah. like, you know, why aren't you guys out there? This is a big deal. So. Yeah, time. They'll, they'll yeah. improve. Yeah, yeah. So the so let's let's move on. So uh, Kevin from Charlotte said, uh, "I've seen him uh, post suggestive tweets that ATL UTD might be suggestive. scouting more Argentina uh, league players. Any names we should know and keep an eye on?" Yes. Um, if if anyone watched the Super Clásico on Sunday between Boca uh, Juniors and River Plate. River Plate. It's one of the, the biggest uh, rivalry in sports. Learn and, about and it. Watch the Boca Juniors documentary watch it, on Netflix. Watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's hot right now. So, and only four episodes. So you, don't have to, you don't have to binge that much. But yeah. um, there are a few players on River Plate. Um, actually, there are three that have been linked at one point or another with Atlanta United. So to answer the question first, yes. I, always, I think that Atlanta United will always be after the next great South American gem. I hope know? they always are. Yeah. Piotti. <laughs> Dude, if we had Piotti on our team, I would still be really happy. I love that man. I'm just saying, get him on a just the last scenario floated it out there. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I think that, you know, once, uh, you know, Miguel Almiron moves on, um, they will be looking for the next the next player. And there were three players in that Clásico that are all in the River Plate that all have been linked with Atlanta United. One is um, Gonzalo Piti Martinez, um, a left-footed, just you know, young kid that just broke into the Argentina national team. So that's going to make that's going to complicate things as right. far as does his name Price mean anything in English that we can use to make memes and no. yeah. BT, to traffic this? It's literally P I T Y. <laughs> it's probably like a childhood nickname. We need someone with a name so like Refrigerator, oh, okay? It, like somebody we it, could we could turn into a meme and we can really yeah. get him going. P I T Y is really close to yeah. pretty young. Something things, for people to latch so on to. P Y T. You could just call him the P Y T. I don't know. Is he attractive in any way? These are kids, Kelly. They're children. Now they're. He's definitely in his twenties. I mean, he's a Google him, Google him, and you tell me. I'm just Google, I'm um, Google this kid. So he's a special player. He's a lefty. He scored a great goal in that game. Um, his teammate, I think he's also twenty. His name is Ezequiel, not Ezequiel, Ezequiel Palacios. Um, That's gonna confuse so many people. Oh my god! But this kid can play. This yeah. kid we know a couple good Palacios, Palacios yeah. brothers. It's a good name. So, strong name. He he actually like I'm linking him to Atlanta United. This isn't like <laughs> just because. Why not? Joe does it in Football Manager all yeah. the time. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a little bit under the radar, but he's starting to like. I think he'll end up probably in Serie A, but I think he's one of those players that Atlanta would love to have. Yeah. Um, early. Early, but yes. uh, could be long shot. And then the last one is Juan Fernando Quintero, Colombian. Another Quintero oh, I know in that MLS. Guy. Just you know I know him. I know Quintero. Quintero. Yeah, yes. another, another Martinez. Another Quintero. <laughs> Quintero is like a number 10. Like He's like, like a lefty. He's a very yeah. special player. Very close to my heart because he's Colombian, but I don't think he'll end up in MLS. I think he has a bright future in Europe. Oh, but he those has are a huge all future, yeah. 
players that at one point have been linked with Atlanta United. Yep. And yes, Atlanta United will always be scouting in South America. I love it. I love it. Okay, guys. So next is uh, at I of VC. V-E-C, I don't know. I, I, of, I of Vesna. V E C N A. James Vecchi. How does uh, Philippe see our formation Felipe. evolving? Felipe. <laughs> Uh, he's like a Philippe all of a sudden. It's, it's right. like I transitioned at halftime. It's late. <laughs> it's like Bello. I'm, I'm, my legs are going. <laughs> like sub, You're sub, diving sub, in. Sub and Jose for You're me. Stabbing. Stabbing. Uh, how do you see the formation evolving if we lose Almiron? Uh, does Barco slot in there or do we pick up someone else? Well, I think we just talked about it, right? I'm wiltering, like, yeah, Kelly. I think we just talked about it. I think they will. Um, if they... They're going to have, unless this, this weird DP rule comes into play, but they're going to have $25 million to spend. So um, I think there will be a new player for Atlanta United next season. Um, but they have options. You know, I think they'll, we'll get used to seeing three in the back, uh, two win backs, Rometty and Nagby, um, you know, in that midfield role. You know, Barco, Tito, and Joseph. I think it's, it's, it's not that difficult to imagine a lineup without Miguel Almiron, I think the question really is, can they produce? Will the production still be there? Um, and will they be as dynamic without him? But, you know, they have players, um, you know, even on the bench that can slide in, not give, him, not give you the same thing, not give you the same production. Um, you know, he's a difference maker. But I think we'll see more of, like, the 3-5-2, the 3-1, 3-6. You know, there's, there's a weird, like, Newell's Old Boys formation that as Tata a, always refers to. Yeah. It's like a 3-1-3, like something weird like that. As a but. weird add-in to this, I know that um, Jason Longshore today was talking about how that there's also a possibility of uh, dropping in a, a veteran and sort of Almiron spots to help for the CCL. Uh, if we meet the CCL, obviously, and yeah. and how to sort of transition the team into the CCL and further on to have an, uh, a sort of a veteran in that spot. Agreed. If he goes. I, I think there's a lot has said about Tata Martino coming from like the Bielsa school of tactics, but and that's true, he does, and he has admitted that. But Martino's always been very pragmatic. He's like more of the pragmatic s- part of that school, and so I don't think he would ever he won't flinch, and he's happy to put a veteran guy in there instead of a young. Barco, but again, this is something that Paul Tenori touched on. I think they've learned from the Barco transfer that this is the team that wants to win right away, and I think then their next big move will be a player that can step in right away and produce, and not, yeah. they won't have to develop him like they are with, with Barco. So, um, last and kind of, I guess, final question um, <laughs> uh, from at Percy Herrera uh, says, hey, first time slash long time, uh, can United loan LGP and Remedy to the Falcons for more linebacker and safety depth? Oh. I'll, I'll hang, hang up, up and listen. listen. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> says a lot. It says a lot about you know Atlanta United's veterans and, and the importance. Uh, you know, joking aside, I think I said I mentioned that in, in a Q and A that I did on the Athletic. You know, this is a club that is banking on youth. Like they, they, they are very transparent about that, but they knew that they needed players with MLS experience like Parkhurst and Lernowitz. And obviously LGP is a guy that I think they knew what they were getting when they, when, when they scouted him, when, when they brought him over. And, um, and the few times that I've spoken with LGP, he's pretty open about that too. Like he knew why he was coming. He knew the style of play. He knew what Tata wanted. Um, and he's one of those, 
the rare like South American players that just like immediately adapts in MLS, yeah. uh, you know, both physically and he's and one of the he's so. one of the only players that I look at on this team that I'm like, he's going to be here for a very long time. Yeah, I think so. I think he will. I think he came to do that. You know, yeah. I, I think he that was part of his decision and. Um, he's grown into a leadership role, and well, now we got a guy that can help out with the, his Falcons contract if he ever <laughs> exactly. wants to go there. Like Kelly's gonna kill <laughs> me because I know we're short on time, exactly. but I think it's a pretty quick answer. Is because it's kind of a lead up to the Red Bulls. People are now asking, "Wow, we saw Bello start. Jose came off off the bench because McCann was resting. Uh, Wilker one 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 says, "I'm curious as to how the left backs will be ordered." In the depth chart, what you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a change? If you know, if Ambrose were healthy, would he be still in there? Would Garza be in the mix? You know, how does Bello change that? Yeah, I, I think that if Ambrose were healthy, he would still be ahead of Bello, in my opinion. And and I think even, you know, I think even after this performance against RSL, McCann is still ahead of Bello. Yes. Um, and Tata talked about that after the game when 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 asked about the minutes, will, will Bello get more minutes? Uh, and he, his response was kind of a, a quip, like, well, he got a lot of minutes tonight. Yes. He got 77. So, yep. um, listen, they, they are aware that he's 16, and this was a big debut for him, but I don't think the plan is for him to take anyone's spot moving into the playoffs. I think he'll be in the 18 yeah. in the playoffs, and I think he will be what I think there it, to play, but I don't think he's moved up. I don't think he's moved ahead of anybody. No, what right I think now. what I think is so so interesting Anyone ab- that's healthy. No, no, absolutely. What I think is so interesting about this idea is that we've obviously seen Bello start and we've been very satisfied with what he's been able to do, but that just reiterates the point that especially in this this past year coming from our last season to this season the the importance of depth for our team has been huge it's it's been this gathering of people that we know that if if a person's injured or if a person's out or if we're in the playoffs and pe- we've got tired legs we can pull on other pieces to our team how do we ever survive changes. without Elena at two last year it's right. amazing no. we even got as far as we did i'm looking back at like right. these injuries and stuff and i'm like man we have nothing to pull from yeah, and now we got this whole farm system death, yeah you know? death was a big issue in 2017 this for is obvious it's reasons, just, yeah. and, and Bello talked about the importance of that he says yeah. i was ready yeah yeah Tony Annan came to the, the the locker room before the game he said like you got this this is what we've been training you for this is what we talked about right. this is what you wanted we trained you to be ready we're not going to let you men fail ATL, UTV2. yeah so but here's, right. here's yeah. where i think a guy like tata martino is coming from a guy with who's been in big moments um both on the winning side the losing side he knows that it's great that he's that george bello played a, lot, a couple nights ago uh it's quite another to play him in a, in a situation that a mistake can mean elimination you know th- that that, that can damage a psyche of a 16-year-old, and we all we've all heard it. You can go from hero to go very quickly in 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 professional soccer. So that, that's what I tend to tell fans: like temper your excitement because right. these coaches know what they're doing. They, right. they they know that physically and technically that's just one part of it. Um, and they're about to play some important games that they need experience. Experience is is key. So Hold well. Up. Before we take our last break, tell us a little bit about do you anything coming out, anything you can throw out there for us. Yeah, so uh, legit, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna milk you like a cow. We, we talked to you last time. You yeah. talk about how your process works, kind of yeah. how you have some things up uh, that are you know ready to go, but it's not always. Uh, it's up to the editor, obviously, sure. and timing. Anything that you can give us some hints on? Well, I mean, I'll say that uh, I, I've already spoken with Julian Gressel. I said I, it was a phone call. He was in San Jose when we when we spoke, so um, we did it over the phone. That, but we went into a lot of things that I think all fans 
um, or will be interested in. And this week has been like the week of Gressel content. Oh, yeah. So, um, so you got his numbers, what you're saying. <laughs> I do. And I will say that the piece that will be coming out soon from The Athletic, um, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different from what you've seen this week because um, because of what we're able to do at the play. We can get firsthand knowledge. We can ask him questions. And, and he really went in deep into some tactics and his role and his production and the competition within the within the squad and, and like how he prepares and is he surprised with his production, you know, being on a team with some, you know, million dollar transfers. So right. we get into that, so look out for that and, and I think all of us at the athletic are already thinking about the off season mm-hmm. and, and, and what to be what, what to look for there. So it's gonna be a busy off yeah, season. You know, yeah. We're we're thinking about like the stories that the readers want to get into um, even when the season is over. But for now, you know, gear up for playoffs. Like um, what flavor hot pocket uh, Gressel likes? <laughs> or pop That's a very <laughs> specific <laughs> question that solely he wants yeah. to know. <laughs> well, there was a fan question from the Q&A on The Athletic that I asked him, mm. but I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll save that one. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Excited. I want to see it. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. After this break, we're gonna get into. Hold on to your butt. We're gonna get into where we're at, and then we're gonna plow right through. Don't into, lose your ass, into, guys. Into, Don't lose your ass. Into what's coming up with the Red Bulls. Kelly. Oh, <laughs> we're other. We're no other place other than first place. Oh, okay, I was afraid maybe something happened in the last couple no, of days I wasn't aware of. So. So we are actually up by I can't do math. By but the way, that looks you, like four points. Did you see the graphic that MLS put out for the Eastern and Western conferences with the video of the lines moving? Did you see that one? Where oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, <laughs> that was crazy. I got a lot of <laughs> Especially oh, like Orlando. Orlando just goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a what a great at the end of it. graphic. Yeah. So we are at the same amount of matches played as the New York Red Bulls, who is at number two right now. But we are sitting four points ahead of them at 63 points, Good and they are be. at 59 points. So we are at the same points a match. Uh, matches one. Uh, we are actually at 19 matches one, and they are at 18, which is a good place to be. Orlando just buried in last place. I mean, <laughs> did you see what they were doing? James O'Connor is like putting out these defensive lineups like – what is he 
doing? I mean, I know they're getting ready for next year, but it's, people are just starting to get confused at this point. Like, just making it worse, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting it to feel, is. I'm starting to feel hey, bad where, for Orlando, which is a we, weird place to be. Where are we in the Supporter Shield race? Yeah, so we are number one, and now we've uh, seen NYCFC just drop off completely when you look at the Western Conference and Eastern Conference in terms of total points. So we're at 63 points. We talked about earlier our points per game. We are at 2.10. Um, and yeah, New York Red Bulls right behind us with 1.97, but nobody else is going to catch us. Two, two horse race. It's going to come down to Sunday, really, I think. It really honestly yeah. is. And that's why that, that match coming up is so important. I'm so excited. Our guy with the spreadsheet, the CCL spreadsheet that was broken the last two months, it's working again. So I was, able to, it. I was able to get some, qu- some quality spreadsheet so action. So where are we at on that? So uh, if we look at the CCL 2019 berth, Atlanta is still number one with 118 total points over the last two seasons. And New York City, who is really close to us for up until maybe a month ago, uh, has dropped off to third place. Now in second place, New York Red Bulls. So like we talked about, this is going to be kind of a two for one on Sunday. This is really going to decide it because it's really just two more points is all we need to to lock in. So we just need a win or two draws coming up uh, to clinch the spot and i did i know i do know people i know you told me on twitter i made a joke about clinching and yeah, clinching i, I know say, the difference between say, clinching and clinching it was a joke i was about to say hold your butts <laughs> it was a joke on your butts uh what do we got coming up in terms of uh, remaining uh, our remaining four matches Kelly? our remaining four matches so we obviously play the red bulls on sunday at 1 p.m <sighs> it's going to be a huge game in new jersey hopefully it's not super not hot up there so hopefully it's a nice temperature to miss and it. fall is here and then uh right after we've got the new england game at home uh at on the sorry October 6th at 3:30 p.m. that's at home that's the second to last home game match that we have that's in the regular season and then our last home main home gat you're welcome <laughs> our last our last home game of the regular season is going to be Atlanta United versus Chicago on the 21st of October at 3 p.m. and then we've got the big away. so people have honestly been hyping up this match for Toronto versus Atlanta as our last uh, game of the season because if we're obviously in this, the possibly still the race with the Supporter Shield and Toronto's trying to make a race for the playoffs, that's going to be a yeah, huge game in one. Toronto. And Please that's going to be on that. the 28th of October <laughs> Please, at 4.30. Not Toronto. I mean, between them and Red Bulls, Maybe NYCFC third behind them. But you like, know when th- they, that's a rivalry, man. And, but what's and, so and, Im- they give us fits. We cannot... Get more Listen, than a point from those guys. The Eastern Conference is is very strong, and so it was a matter of time before we got to the playoffs, and all these teams had to face each other and knock each other out. So what I think is so interesting was when they made the schedule, and they were plotting out the games that we were going to play. Mm-hmm. Toronto was the one team that they thought is going to be honestly the one that we're going to be battling with. So could you have imagined if Toronto would have kept their form through CCL, and we would have been battling them for top seed? In the Eastern Conference, in that last match, I don't even know why they try in MLS to do that because it never works out the, that no. way. I don't, I don't know how they do it, but they should just put it in a big bowl and pick it out. All right, let's uh, talk about the next match coming up, <laughs> which is obviously the Red Bulls match. Yeah, so they are—they uh, have 18 wins, uh, seven losses, and five draws. Uh, their last match, they won Toronto two nil. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips, as we said, is suspended. Yep. Uh, Larry McCann are still a uh, yellow card away from suspension, which mm-hmm. at this point I'm like, okay, not too worried about that. They'll we were worried about him getting suspended match. before. Correct. So we played it safe, but they couldn't play it safe with, right. with Bradley Wright Phillips. He had to play. 
And not uh, only that, he, it wasn't like it was in the beginning of the match. It was at the, the, the end of the game. Yeah, it was the end of the game. They're already winning 2-0. Mm. And uh, he got mad at the linesman because uh, he, he didn't call something about BWP having his, the other guy uh, had his arm or something. And mm -hmm. uh, when you look back at it, it actually wasn't that big of a deal. And he just he lost his temper. He lost his temper. And he's, it's, he it's knew. Descent, descent is a yeah. yellow card. So he should have known better. He should have known better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think he kind of played it up a little bit in the locker room. He was obviously upset and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to kind of angle it that, you know, it's – this, the system is the issue, but I think he knows himself that he, he screwed his yeah. team. He, yeah. knew, he knew the game that he was missing out on, too. Yeah. I mean, this is a big game. Every, every player wants to be in these games, and yeah. uh, BWP was probably looking forward to the matchup with I'll Joseph tell you who's not going to forget. That, so. New York Rebels fans, if they lose this game, right. uh, they're not right. going to care not about Not only his that, but like the, I mean, they're, they're, they're also, honestly, they're probably going to use it as an excuse, though. I mean, that's fine. Use an excuse, but you're not winning the Sporter Shield. Yeah. <laughs> you got. I mean, and this is, comes down to the most important game. I mean, that's a pivotal moment. I don't know what else you. Yeah. I don't know what else. You know. Yeah. So, so either way, it's it's it's. Some people were telling me, oh, I would rather play with BWP. I'm like, I'd rather play against their kids. I don't care. Like, give me the Sporter Shield. Right. I don't care. And and I'll tell you why. Because they only have two losses in their last ten. And that's only a little bit better than us. I mean, we we only have one uh, what, one, one loss, loss in, in ten. Our last ten, yeah. Uh, and uh, so yeah. So, anyways. Uh, hey, but well, but are they going to press hard? Though is my question. It's funny because their system. They don't you, press like they used to. Exactly. No. I was reading some analysis evolve stuff a month ago or so, or some charts that came out, and I was digging through like Tiro football got me and all this stuff, mm -hmm. and it's terrible because I don't understand half of it. But every now and then, I'll catch something and I right. go I understand that and what I did understand is that it was clear that they are pressing a lot less like 30% mm -hmm. less yeah. uh, from Marsh mm -hmm. so Chris yeah. Armist is playing a more moderate approach less risk adverse I would say mm -hmm. um, and you could I mean I guess you could argue it's paying off um, but you could argue, also argue that they haven't really been playing with quite the same intensity or you know, a little that's nitpicking though. They're winning, yeah. and they're you know winning and drawing. They're they're still in the race. They still also rely since he took on, over. They still rely on BWP to to find space and do something special. Yeah. But watching them against Toronto it was clear when they win one nil up. Yeah. Uh, Toronto started to gain more possession, mm -hmm. but it wasn't because they suddenly got better. The Rebels were conceding possession and starting to actually defend. Now, granted, them sitting back is still at the barely into their own half. Sure. So they're sitting at that mid, but that's still. A big difference because what they would typically do is press in the opposition half, win that ball mm -hmm. where once they get it, it's one two touches and then it's in the back of the net. Right, they they're accustomed to pressing the the opposing team's center backs. Right, like in possession, and they've done a little bit less than that. Um, I heard Matt Dillow today on on SiriusXM saying the same thing that you know, and this this is what happens when an, when an assistant becomes the head coach. Right, you, you start to see that you know maybe Marsh and and Armas had some slight differences. Maybe Armas was like, hey, I think we should possess a little bit more. I think we should be a little bit more technical. I think we should uh, practice uh, something. You know, uh, We should hold off Some people bit. argue he's getting yeah. ready for the playoffs. Yeah. He's right. trying to like, get more conservative for sure. playoff style, sure. which they right. it historically Marsh has gotten his cherry pick right. in he the has. playoffs. He really has. So, <laughs> yeah. so, and, and, and that is a great segue into what this game will be. Two coaches that are going to approach it like a playoff game, put their best 11 out there. This it's, is the it's, biggest it's game of our season. It's been talked about yeah. a lot, like in, on Twitter, like what will Atlanta do? Um, after RSL, Tata was asked, you know, in the Spanish media portion, a lot of questions about 
how will you approach that game? Will you rest players? Are you okay with the draw? Right. Um, and he said, uh, you know, we only know how to play one way. And I think that that was the first part of the answer where everyone's kind of looking at each other like, okay, this is going to be a big game, a strong lineup. But by the end of the press conference, he had conceded that like, okay, a draw, a draw is fine. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're away in Red Bull Arena, like yeah. Yeah. and that was before he. I, I, I don't even know if he knew. He knew. I mean, I know it had happened at that point. He BWP said he suspended. Did. Okay, he said, yeah. and he also said he he saw the results. So okay, so yeah, you know they, they were. It's still it's an away game. It's an away in game in MLS so, and against know, the, the second for, place team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you'll see Atlanta United the, in a, in the first half, the first 15 minutes, the way they always do. And then, depending on the result, we might it's see a team that, like, let's pretend like we're in a playoff and we yeah. need to win this game or we yeah. need a result. And yet again, we talked about the, the thing when things change that are intangible or unknown quotients, right? Like San Jose firing their coach so close to the, the game. Now you lose BWP. Obviously, on the surface of things, it's a, this is a thing where, of course, 99% of the time you should say this is a good thing because you're losing your league goal scorer and if you look at it he's scored uh, 19 goals this season and the closest to him is Royer a midfielder mm-hmm. slash winger who we love who <laughs> made in the top 10 or whatever uh, yeah. top 25 uh, of winger list on yeah. last is evolved yeah. but uh, you know good player good and has play. come in when BWP hasn't been there to, to score. Has come Correct. up and, and and won some games. I think he always scores against Atlanta too. Oh, this is going to be his good stat. Yeah. But he has BWP opening up lanes and yeah. attracting attention. And now you have a team that hasn't been pressing as much. Is this going to be as effective? Because when you're not pressing as much, it means you're relying on passing. And quite often, and unlike the chaotic press where you're creating chaos and you can often uh, capitalize on mistakes and things like that, you know. In this game, BWP has still been successful in this less pressing system because he's special. He's mm-hmm. able to find places just like Joseph and get to the ball. And I don't know, without that high press, without BWP to be there to, to open those lanes up, is this something that they struggle with or do they go back to the yeah. high press because right. they don't have BWP? And our friends at Total Soccer Show did a, an episode really early in the season about BWP's role oh, Taylor in the Darryl. press. We yeah. love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taylor, like Taylor and Darryl did a role on, on or his role on BWP's role in the press. So how he presses, how important he is without the ball. And sometimes he presses on his own. Yeah, so <laughs> so they will miss that. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how yeah. Armis prepares knowing that you know he has a, a counterpart like Tata Martino that's going to want to go in there and, and play. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it's going to be a chess match for sure. I mean, the classic, you know, cliche, but it's two managers that have good teams and yeah. Press. I mean, at home there are eleven wins, only two losses, so a little bit different story than our home record. But we have that away record going for us as well. Uh, Fifty-five goals scored, uh, only ten less than than us. Uh, Thirty-two goals allowed, four fewer. I mean, this is about as close as it gets. Yeah. To a matchup, mm-hmm. um, they have. It's pretty even they have, right now. They have had our number up until this point, yeah. and I think never I'm salivating. I'm chomping at the bit to 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 nip one here and and. And, Man, uh, and do I it at Red Bull Arena. <laughs> it's going to be great. And I don't know what our lineup's going to be. I mean, I've, I'm t- almost done guessing because every time I guess, I'm off one or two guys the yeah. last few games, I think. I yeah. don't think I've gotten the lineup. I think Harris Krishnick at this point is like, I, the last week, he's like, I don't even know. <laughs> he does his lineup predictions for Tony Sal. He's like, I have no idea. I know. He usually <laughs> nails them. Um, I know. But this last week, it's been crazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it is. It comes down to the Barco factor pretty much every week. Yeah. Uh, does he start? Does, does he start? Does he, start? Does yeah. he not start? 
if he starts, who comes off? What does it look like? Right. Um, so it'll so be interesting. It, it's yeah. It's it's we don't know yet. Um, at this point, I think that's a good thing because it says a lot about. We talk about it like about the depth. I think what other teams are trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. So they're fine either way. Um, Could you imagine we come out with a lineup that like Red Bull sees and they're like, wait, what? And yeah. then like, I, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if, if Tata comes out with something that like, even we are sitting here being like, how the hell is this going to work? And, and I honestly, I have, a, I have so much faith in this team that's like, this is like an all in match. Yeah. Like if you don't go hog wild on it, I mean... This is well, the match ask, to do it. Ask your listeners, like, what do they think is Atlanta United's strongest lineup? Because that is the narrative. You get three different you, answers from people. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and, that, and that's unusual for for a good any team. team. Yeah. When you Correct. talk to fans, typically it's pretty close every time. Yeah, yeah and yeah. even guys that are a little bit closer, like I saw, like Rob Osiris say something like that. Like he's like, I'm looking forward to this match because it will be Atlanta United's. You know, strongest lineup by far. Wh- what is that lineup? Yeah, what yeah. does it look like? Good question, but yeah. it'll definitely but everybody be healthy at least. You know, yeah. uh, right. for the exception of Greg. But I mean, yeah, this is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to save you. We're not as too far ahead to do score predictions. Way too far. We like to do them a little closer. <laughs> yes. Uh, especially if things change and just, the, yeah, the just, mood changes, yeah. the wind. You never know. You Keep know, a you're a content guy. Things are always happening. Yeah. That yeah. wrestle interview may yeah. come out. There might be a nugget in there that I've might totally alter like, my decision. Yeah, to exactly. Edit it and then we're times. like, shit, we've already said it. <laughs> I might have to edit it tonight. So we got a whole bunch of soccering <laughs> stuff coming up. Uh, yes. Kelly, what's going on? So the Atlanta United 2 schedule, basically, this is the last chance that you guys have to see ATL UTD at Cool Ray Field while you can. So Atlanta United 2 Just will like play. Just like four games left. So Yeah, they, yeah exactly. So uh, upcoming games, you've got uh, ATL UTD against Nashville. Uh, on September 26th at 7 p.m. A couple and, days. Uh, yep, in a couple days. And it's on uh, Wednesday, so it's in two days. And then you've got Atlanta United 2 versus Louisville City. Uh, so that's another rematch right there. Same with Nashville. And that's going to be on Saturday, September 29th. That's two uh, two days where yeah. no Atlanta United games going on. So that's, Correct. You go you go check that. it out. If you've not checked it out, it's you inexpensive. Should. It's fun. For it's sure. a different atmosphere. It's grassroots. It's just a lot of fun to see the young guys. Yeah. Uh, I go mean, you know, heck. Yeah. I get to say that I saw Bella before he was first team, exactly. and a bunch of these guys. So that's I all I'm saying. Is, uh, you know, I, kn- I know what's going on. I yeah, think yeah. what's exciting about seeing that team is that there are players that eventually will be playing. Yeah, on the first for the team. first team. Yeah, and, and get out there and check them out now yeah. when they're you know they're they're sweating and bleeding for for the twos. Yeah, yeah. and you may see a six-one drubbing, but you get the chance to see a young guy like Castro score an amazing goal Correct. on his first. Castro's uh, a good player. Yeah, yes. and, good and player. yeah. So yes. so you get those moments where you could go and look back and say, I saw Castro's first goal. Yeah. Before he even knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about bragging rights. It's not about the team. It's about it's about me. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm just setting it real here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we do have some stuff coming up. Uh, I didn't put it down. I meant to, to put down the, the dates and all that stuff. There's a black tie soccer event going on. So unless yeah. you know Kelly, I'm not going to get into it, but we'll tweet it out. There, there's a yeah. So there's a there's like a uh, uh, it's like a pub tournament. run and. Well, there's a tournament that's going to be a black tie tournament where they play soccer and black tie attire. And then there's actually on the 29th of September, so the day before the uh, New York Red Bulls match, there's actually a black tie uh, bar crawl, which yes. I will be taking part of because why not? And they uh, play in costumes, actually. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, before. no, they yeah. play. They play they in costumes, play in but the bar crawl is also in black tie affair. Yeah. So you're just walking. Well, on black the belt tie line. affair means in a like I just meant like they're in crazy costumes. Like the pictures show for them the, in crazy for the costumes matches, for the game. Yes, but the there's also games. a bar crawl in which you're in, in black tie. In like a wear. tuxedo? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I thought it was all costumes. Cool. It's a yeah. mix-up. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's a big one. I mean, some of the teams have raised $30,000. Yeah, just one crazy. team. Uh, I think Austin Long's on one of those. I so love They it. take it very seriously. They start planning they a year in advance. Yep. It's crazy. And I've been recruited, apparently, to be on the black team you should. for next season. I'm excited So I have a year to get fit. Uh, and lose a thousand and pounds skin, and not skin your knees. You mean because when we that play mean, pickup soccer, which I could get is, at least twenty more grilled cheese spaghetti sandwiches in before. By the way, I, if, <laughs> if anybody wants to meet us up for pickup soccer, we we almost notoriously play every Wednesday at West Point Station. West Point, a little five at points. little five point station. Uh, at, at right now, it's around. It's about seven p.m. to about ten p.m., which I know sounds pretty late for people, but we normally play from like seven p.m. to nine it's been p.m. Changing a little bit though. It's it been, has it's because been, league plays not there, yeah. but we actually will end. And I'm just saying this for anybody that comes out to join us. Uh, come out, join us, play with us. Normally, we'll stop around nine and we'll go get beers afterwards, which is a great bonding time. With yeah. a, it's a huge group of us that go. The best thing to do is keep an eye at the uh, at home, the letter B, number four, dark Twitter handle for updates on pickup soccer at soccer station locations. Typically, something goes on on a Tuesday. You could always DM. Uh, our DMs are open. You could always ping Kelly or I or whomever, home before dark. If yeah. you have questions or you didn't see the sign up go up, uh, let us know. We'll let you know if there's a meetup.com sign up sheet um, or whether it's pay to play that day or not or whatever. You know, this is to raise money. Uh, for kids so it's not always going to be free necessarily just set your expectations as this fall schedule comes in it's going to get crowded on these pitches uh we don't have any itunes reviews so leave us an itunes review guys do Show it us some love. we you want your words take i want to be able to trip over your words i want to be able to mispronounce your words go rewatch that san jose things. match get yourself hyped and then write something yes. and, and submit it and we will read it on the air on the air. Yes, we will. So what's coming up with us, Jay? So on Sunday, September 30th, uh, this Sunday, for the away uh, match against Red Bulls, we will be at the Teal Chapter Watch Party at Johnny McCracken's in Marietta, Georgia. Yes. Come and join us. We'll be setting up and Marietta. starting recording between 1130 and 12. It's an early kickoff, guys. Yeah, be there. Uh, match kick kicks off at 1, I think. Yep, um, it does. Uh, Eastern Standard, everyone. And on Sunday, October 28th, uh, which is the next away match because we have a couple home matches between then, which yep. we'll be doing some recordings maybe back here at Hudson headquarters. Uh, on Sunday, October 28th, for the last match against Toronto, we'll be doing something special with the faction. So uh, the details of that bill will be coming, yes. yeah. On their yeah. Tra- something with their trailer. Uh, yeah. So we're working things out. We'll let you know. Yeah. I'm excited. Hey, a uh, huge shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Dave W. Photography, who was actually at the Soccer in the Streets tournament this weekend. Yeah, and shoot some city kids uh, yeah. that were there for Soccer in the Street. They were getting a chance to see a match, their yeah. first match. And there, we're, so. and we're, uh, he was also there on Sunday with all of us oh, and, and wow. took photos of me almost dying. That's who was taking the photos. Yes. I wondered who was taking those it, action shots. That would, that would be Dave. Dave was. He did a great job. So um, he also does all the images for us when we do the caption, the shit stuff. So... Um, huge plug to him because Dave has been a photographer for like the Atlanta Silverbacks for the past three seasons, as well as donating t- his time to as a photographer for Soccer in the Streets. You should check him out. Dave is uh, for his portfolio and hit him up if you need photography needs. And DaveWilliamsonPhotography.com. He's awesome. Love that guy. Uh, Mock the Agency, thank you so much for the designs. And uh, if you need design work, he's uh, running a creative advertising, graphic design, and digital studio on 14th Street. If anyone needs branding, packaging, graphic design, or website work, they're the shop for you. Creativity is their specialty. Check them out at MockTheAgency.com. So, guys, we made it. We made it, Philippe. Hey, we made Felipe. it. Felipe. <laughs> it has happened. My goodness. I get oh, your last name right, and then I start butchering your first name Felipe. halfway through the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. 
Yeah, I like it. I pronounce strong I pronounce, Spanish. Yes, thank you. I pronounce strong. certain players' names very well, and then other ones are just completely butchered. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are, or I should say, I, I I did not drag Kelly into this because I look like a complete bozo making these videos, and she has a life outside of unrelocated. I uh, I slightly <laughs> do. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you're like, look, well, why didn't Kelly just uh, help you with the camera work? And I'm like, guys, I think. <laughs> I think Kelly just puts up with quite enough of me. <laughs> All right. So And to which I responded, who's Kelly? So why don't you guys do something <laughs> to help out for once? The POV of yeah. that was part of the experience. Yeah. Like yeah. That, like and, and why don't this is your chance to help out? Why right. don't you guys do something? You guys yeah. have been listening. You're always shout, shouting, saying, "What can we do?" Well, uh, I'm looking for videos of Atlanta United supporters lip syncing. Nothing's gonna stop us now by Starship to potentially be featured in future music videos. These are some a lot of, I got a lot of crazy ideas going on in my head. So as long as I can pin them down and actually get some scheduling here in the next couple weeks before, uh, or at least before our next home match, uh, that's when I like to get my hands on this stuff. If you need help getting them uploaded and shared, reach out, ping me. I can help you get figure out where to put them so I can get them or you can submit uh, if you already know how to do it uh, to unrelatl at gmail.com and the criteria is you must have Atlanta United memorabilia somewhere in the video and it must be landscape mode guys everybody's obsessed with Snapchat I'm tired of no looking at these videos on Twitter videos, guys. I can't, it's well, so hard to use videos because you know everybody's I'm like why are you, the stadium is wide Jay, why are you doing Jay. the Snapchat this is so funny because this relates so close to the acting world there are so many casting directors I've gone to like talked to and had conversations with they're like so many people record their auditions that they send in to us in vertical Why? mode and not horizontal and which is the standard and what it should be yeah. and it, it it just drives people insane <laughs> it just never made sense to me Same like i don't know why like i don't know I, you, you look at your phone that way you don't film yourself anyway so so if you give me a snapchat video i can't use it because i can't zoom in It'll just be your blurry nose, you know, if to zoom it in and get it widescreen. Um, also, it'd be very cool if you have a watch party yes. and you want to record segments and groups. Of them doing it. What I suggest, because it's hard to get everybody to know the same song and that sort of stuff, maybe just make one card or piece of paper with, like, one segment, like the chorus, like the first chorus or the second chorus, and break it out into groups. Or just do just do one, the first chorus, the second chorus. Do something simple. Like, don't overwhelm people. They're not going to want to do it. Right. But just give them something simple, break it apart, and record y'all at a watch party doing it. And we can get you in the music video. So try that out. Uh, try to get them to me by Thursday, uh, October 4th, if possible. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. No promises. But, you know, it depends on what I get. So uh, send us a review on iTunes. Like we said, find us at Unreal ATL on all the social medias. Kelly, yes. where can we find you? You can find me at the Kelly Francis on all of the social medias also, which is Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. You can find me at J-A-Y underscore Riddle. And Felipe... Follow me you? on Twitter at Felipe Carr, F-E-L-I-P-E-C-A-R. And obviously, if you're not following The Athletic Soccer, do so as well at The Athletic S-C-C-R. We want to thank you so much for coming on. By the way, if you haven't, uh, if you are a subscriber or you're not a subscriber, if you do subscribe, get the app. Yes. I'm yeah. not an app guy for most news sites. Like, I don't download their apps because it's just clunky and stuff. It's very streamlined. My God, and if, you guys have the greatest app. If it's anything, you app. can just set it. You great can download UX. it and forget about it, and it'll automatically yeah. know when you open a link to an athletic article. You can tell it to default open in the app. It's much easier mm -hmm. to read. It's cleaner. And you can get notifications when there's live Q&As like people, Paul Tenoria or right. Felipe, and they have live Q&As with folks, or they have t opportunities to throw in questions 
for people that they are going to interview, like players like Julian Gressel. Yeah, I mean, during our Q&A uh, last week, uh, my editor, George Karashi, he, he jumped in there. He's like, hey, guys, wh what stories do you want us to cover? So right, yeah. We're always... Crowdsourcing. Uh, yes. Amazing. Our ears are open. And, and we, Listen up, Fox 5 News. <laughs> yeah. This is how we do it. Um, Give us what we want. <laughs> never be afraid to, you know, to pitch but us they, a story. But they have a drop-down bar for <laughs> <laughs> That's the next level. Um, but yeah, really fast. Uh, stay with us, you guys. If you guys are signed up with the, with the Athletic, uh, you know, we're hang in there with us. Like we're we're just getting used to this too, and there's a lot of content out there. But um, it's we're just getting started, and and looking forward to getting more content out there for for readers. And just remember, guys, nothing's gonna stop us. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Looking in your eyes, I see a paradise. This world that I found is too good to be true. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Let them see we're crazy. I don't care about that. Put your hand. Whatever it takes